that was some ASMR shit right there. Oh, wait, let me do that again because I talked over it. Okay. Go on. ASMR, putting the cartridge in the five stars. Rate five stars. There's the intro right there, Keith. I think my bollock went into me there when that happened. (laughs) Fucking, I lost it. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 5 of Press Any Bunch Continue. My name is Keith and I'm joined by my co-host Nisha. Today we have a very special guest. Some say their favourite curse word is con, while others claim their favourite food to be a pineapple sandwich. From humble beginnings battling invading settlers in Greedfall, to sucking that spider monkey out of the skin of a killer bell of blood and vampire, this YouTuber certainly left no quest uncharted. That's right, today we'll be plaguing all the tales out of this Let's Play. Prepare for a colossus deep dive into the creative mind as we set up a residence in a one of the finest new gaming creators in the space. Don't worry, we don't fight. That's right, we are chatting until the last of us is all out of things to say. Please welcome the immaculate, the legendary, the extraordinary Emma from Once Upon a Quest. <laughs> oh my god, that was amazing. Oh, very Hello, good. Hello everybody, that was beyond my wild imagination like that was the best intro i think i could ever have wished for yeah, i thought maybe. it was great as well it was that very was good amazing. yeah we gotta get you too. like pumped and hyped we gotta get you ready to go feeling yeah. all the hotness yeah because I, I was scaring through the old youtube and uh stalking you on twitter for this intro <laughs> clearly <laughs> look you gotta put in the work to, to come up with those, get those creative juices flowing you know what I'm saying you do you do yeah. I mean, Jesus that's... you hit everything I think that's that's my entire personality that's it mm-hmm. there's nothing more I think I missed um, you played the brothers as well I think but I was like fuck I don't know how to fit that in so I'm gonna pretend you didn't play it that's fair <laughs> enough that's fair enough I won't hold it against you thank you <laughs> that I was amazing it. Jesus oh um, I'm so hyped to be here yeah, yay yeah. it's great to have you it's great to have you on you're our second guest and we're absolutely delighted to have you on. Um, you're you're an, a YouTuber, right? Um, yes. We'll get into the whole creative aspect of things in a little while because I enjoy listening to the likes of yourself, a YouTuber, and Keith, a streamer, and having discussions about these kind of things. So I really enjoy listening to those conversations. But we want to get into the early days of mm. Emma and video games. Mm. And that Randy nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> the the early days of video games, you know, your early memories. Can, do you remember like your first video game, your first console, what how you got started in video games? Yeah, I do. It, it was I think I maybe was about 3 or something because I have an older brother cool. um who's about 3 years older than me. And so we definitely had as my early vi- video game memories are of being really shit. <laughs> I think all our early memories yeah, of just mine, being mine shit, same, you know what yeah, I mean? Mine are the same. Yeah, because I was like barely able to understand what was going on and like hold the controller. But we definitely had, I think it was the Sega, the Sega Mega. We had yes, a Sega Master you. System though, I think. Thank you for memeing um, there. Yes, of course. Master System. <laughs> but um, yeah, also. we had the Sega Mega, I think, and the Master System. I don't know. Cool. See, it's such a long time ago now. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. which one, but I was Googling into this before. And the system that we had had Alex Kidd built into it. Yeah. And then I was playing stuff like Echo the Dolphin, which oh, was very good. so fun and yeah. so weird, actually. E- Echo the you... Dolphin turns into this like trippy kind of acid trip of like I don't I need my mom now I don't like the dolphin anymore you know 
yeah. I, I've never been able to get past like the initial area where you're just swimming around. I've never, I've never gotten past <laughs> that part. You're supposed to like jump up or something. I've literally never gone past that. So yeah, yeah my, oh, my no. yeah, my experience. But Alex Kid, or Alex Kid, I used to always call it Alex the Kid, but Alex Kid. So the did I. System is such a good game. Um, playing rock paper scissors. Yeah. For for boss battles, what a what a yeah. clever way to do boss battles and stuff like that. Or a terrible way, it's one or the other, do you know what I mean? Like rock, paper, scissors to decide your fate, is, is that what it is? Because I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's so when you when you get to the yeah. end of a level, you, that's how you, you fight the boss. And like one one boss is actually has like a hand for his whole head, it's just a hand. And that's... I don't remember that. Yeah, Isn't it? Yeah, like there's a lot weird. of existential crisis is going on in these early video games, do you know what I mean? Like you start <laughs> off as a dolphin, everything's fine, and then you're getting probed by aliens or something, do you know what I mean? And it is like there, it changes. Is there aliens in Echo the Dolphin? Oh, there's something fucked there up in it. There is, yeah. yeah. Like, so I obviously didn't play myself, but I would would right. have been watching my dad and my brother play and mm-hmm. somebody definitely got to the aliens phase oh, yeah. of Echo the Dolphin. I mean, oh. when you're young, you don't really think about these things too much. But mm-hmm. now looking back, you're going, who pitched that idea and was yeah. like, so it's an underwater game where you play as a dolphin. Mm. And then by the end, it's like alien. It's Independence Day. What's <laughs> happening? Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's so interesting, though, because I think that's a weird thing about a lot of retro games. Like even looking at the PlayStation 1, they had so many IPs because they didn't have to take the same risk with like, you know, millions and billions of dollars and having to have a sequel that works that it's like. It's going to be a dolphin that's having a good time and then it gets, you know, as I said, pro by aliens. Like a lot of PS1 games as well were really fucking weird. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of unusual IPs that they made with it. So yeah, I think that is interesting with that. Yeah, and the PS2 as well had went, that went totally And the advertisements the around them. Do you remember like oh, how strange, have you, do you remember the ads for for the PS1 and PS2 era by any chance, Emma? Um, I don't think so. I don't remember Disturbing. ads for those. Disturbing yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Trying to be like, uh, almost like, you know, the way when The Matrix came out and it kind of took the world by storm and that whole futuristic uh, kind of style was kind of the, the thing, like, like all the PS2, PS1 era kind of adverts. Well, not all of them, but a lot of them are very, very dark and weird like that. So I wanted to ask, where did you, you know, during the 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 three, four year old era of watching your your dad and brother play, did you get to be the pretend player too for stuff? Did they ever just plug in a controller and give it to you and be like, "Here you go"? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> I played everything myself. Oh, you were um, a gamer. You were a gamer. <laughs> I beat Echo the Dolphin when I was. Yeah. Three years old no one could take that away from me that would be um, a sick fucking accomplishment imagine world's greatest three-year-old echo that i could mean that at the point you might as well just give up on life everything else can only go downhill yeah but no i don't think honestly they would have had like the thought to even do that so i think mm. i was just there happy watching them away mm. and then because i don't know because that continued <gasps> on through like the later years when I was watching you know my brother play PlayStation and stuff. Blowing so. my mind. Is what's like blowing your mind? You watched your brother and your dad play video games and you had the idea of what it's like to be a viewer of video games and you create your own Let's Play channel where other people watch you. So your early experiences is being like <laughs> yes. that viewer into the type of content you wanted to create. <gasps> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. deep. That's deep. That's very I guess dope. so, yeah, because that's how I, yeah, that's kind of how I started. I was small. There was people who were older and more competent than me at playing video games and I would watch them. (laughs) Mm. And then I would give it a go myself, but I was never as skilled. But yeah, I suppose I did kind of start as a viewer. And then there was certain games that um, I was really shit at. 
later on in life like Metal Gear Solid that I was oh. terrible at but I loved watching it mm. and I would I watched my brother play the whole thing through mm. and I was like super invested in it yeah and that was as a viewer yeah mm. so like you kind of yeah. you kind of understood what the content was like from the other side because obviously I think when you're making that stuff or you're watching because I remember as well watching my sister's boyfriend at the time play through Resident Evil on the GameCube because I was too scared to play it <laughs> and like that just whole like I was obsessed with watching it. Like I was so happy to be watching and not playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at that age. So like getting to experience a game you knew you couldn't do yourself was great. And I think that's a cool aspect of the content creation we can get into later as well. Yeah, and Silent Hill as well was terrifying. I I watched my brother play that and I was like scared for his life. <laughs> that game I believe I, I've never played it, but I have I remember vaguely seeing friends play it but I believe as a horror game it is considered one of the best yeah well Silent Hill 2 I played for the first time recently and then followed by Silent Hill 3 the year afterwards and they right. were both fantastic but I've never played the original oh right was it, it was PS1 was it was the that's first, the first one right PS1 yeah I think so yeah, yeah. Um, so Alex Kidd and Echo the Dolphin Silent Hill Metal Gear Solid what do you think you know there's a, a Metal Gear Solid like remastered version coming out in October or yeah. something like that Oh, um, yeah. I think that's Have you ever played cool. it yourself? No, well, that's oh, so the you've thing. only watched no, it. No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, cool. So I'd love to get back into it. And I know that they've got like more modern games and then they're remastering, I think, the first three games mm -hmm. so or remaking mm -hmm. them. Um, So I'm like, maybe I should start there. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That, I think that's a great way to, to play them. You know, you're playing them kind of cleaned up and looking a bit nicer. And because it has the first one from my memory, hasn't aged very well on the PS1. It's still a fantastic game. And 2, 3, and 4 are fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. Incredible. The, the last one, I just... I, I started the last one, but it was... They shift had the style of the game to a more open-world style. Mm -hmm. Metal Gear Solid 5, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I just couldn't... I don't know. So, something about it just wasn't grabbing me. Um mm -hmm. But the original four are fucking incredible. So I'm actually really looking forward to that uh, remastered bundle or whatever it is coming out in October, I think. This is a question I have curious while we're just kind of in between it, Emma. Do you know when you're like, obviously for, you know, you'd be like, what will I play in my free time and what will I keep for the channel? Do you mm -hmm. know, like that kind of, because I'm yeah. thinking, you know, I was thinking there, oh, you could play Metal Gear Solid for the first time, you know, properly as, you know, that kind of that whole complete experience of you having watched it as a kid and then, you know, playing it for the first time and letting other people maybe watch it for the first time. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a full circle type jab. But um, do you have like things where you're like, no, I want to keep this for myself or I feel like that this game, do you know, do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah. like... Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, I think that because I've been doing this for maybe a year and a half now. So I think now I'm kind of a bit more like, oh, I know that I definitely wouldn't play this game on the channel but I definitely would think this would be good but at the beginning I, I just kind of picked a game that I really wanted to play so that was Greedfall to start mm -hmm. off with um, so that was actually probably the biggest longest game I've played on the channel because it was kind of semi-open world and so that was just like my longest series so now I'm kind of conscious of like I don't want to pick a game that's too long yeah. Um. So I don't really want to do like an open world game on the channel because for me, it's just too intimidating. Sure. Mm. And I suppose if you're on episode 57 and then you want to stop playing it and you're like, I have another 50 <laughs> to go. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know. I, I admire people who talk, tackle the really big games and put them up on their channel. Like even stuff like 
you know, people doing playthroughs of Red Dead 2, which I loved, but it's such a massive game and there's so much in it. I'm mm. just like, how do you even figure out like, yeah, I don't know how to record it all, mm. what to put in and everything. There's so many side missions and everything. There's so much time you can just spend dicking around in open world games as well. Yeah. That I think it would. I we think love I a would good be... dicking, you know, we, yeah. we like to. <laughs> We like Gotta to have just, some dicking around. You do. We like. We like. We're talking spread to prav cav, getting railed on each other's tables, like absolute two for one in the farmers market dickens. Do you know? <laughs> Emma, you knew what you signed up for. Come on, this podcast. Oh my god! Oh, I was here, like God. I hope they don't hold back. <laughs> oh well, I don't hold back with Nisha. Let me tell you that when he's getting fucking, he's getting tabled. <laughs> Uh, this is everything I wanted. Yeah, I oh. tried Red Dead Two, and I I remember one of the first. This is very odd, but one of the first things I remember hearing about Red Dead Two was about how realistic the game was. That when it gets cold, your horse's balls shrivel. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It's true. It's true. Is what? that true? I yeah, swear to God. Mechanic. I swear Did to not God. know that. Yeah, their oh, testes, their testes sake. retract when they go into the cold lands. Wow. Which arguably is money that maybe could have gone elsewhere. I I, I don't. I don't <laughs> I don't know, you know what I mean? I'm sure there's a couple I of know. charities out of there that could have done with that instead of the retracting horse bollocks. But, um, yeah, will well, we put in another couple of side quests? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the horse no, I gotta get the fucking scrotal sack perfectly. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I tried Red Dead 2 as well, but again, similar to Metal Gear 5 and The Witcher 3, all three games that I believe are absolutely incredible. 10 out of 10 games it was something about the sheer vastness of them that i was Put just like oh yeah because i didn't have say like a five hour stretch of playing games mm-hmm. i can usually only get like an hour or two which is why even though like at the moment i'm playing through final fantasy 10 which is easily a hundred hour game but it, it because it's familiar to me and i know it i feel like it's less daunting than going into the unknown but I do remember playing Red Dead 1, or Red Dead Redemption, and it's potentially one of the best video games ever. This so this, cool. This is the interesting Agreed. question, right? Because Red Dead 1 or Red Dead 2, which do you prefer? Or have you played the first one, Emma? Isn't there a Red Dead yes. and okay. a Red Dead Redemption? And There's Red, Red Dead, Dead Revolver. Oh, is that what it is? is oh yeah, I haven't one? played that. I haven't either. No. I've just played the PS2 one. Or is it PS2, I'm pretty sure yeah. the second game is your favorite, is it? Or I was going oh. to put you on the spot. I just remember watching a video where you said, like, I love the yeah. second one. And I'm not sure if I recall you hearing about the first one, but I'm curious yeah. to know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I definitely I played the first one first and then the second one. So I'm trying to, trying to think, when did I play the first one? It was probably in like 2012 when I played Red okay, Dead Redemption. So it's been a hot minute. And my mind was blown. I was like, this is amazing. Mm. Uh, like, absolutely love that game. And then playing Red Dead 2, I think I played it when it came out. So it would have been like 2018, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um, And that just topped it. It was like everything I loved about the first game, but it was like, I don't know, it was even bigger and better and improved on all of the things that you could possibly improve on and just had the best time. Yeah. And yeah, Super I think that immersive. is the top spot. But I mm-hmm. love that Red Dead Redemption. I've actually recently been watching Let's Plays of Red Dead Redemption, the first game, because... I love it so much and it's just so fun to go back and watch people play yeah. it especially mm. when the people who are playing it have played the the second game first. Yes, and they're oh, experiencing it so the reverse order, yeah, because they're they're looking at characters like, "Oh my god, I know the fate of X, Y, and Z" without going into any spoilers. Yeah. But um and it's it's just so interesting. Yeah, having that reverse order of it can be actually in a way more effective. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? That because is, oh, I haven't thought about that. That is a good one. Um I I find it interesting, right? I have this thing where like 
I agree with you that I think Red Dead 2 is one of the most, the best built worlds. I think it's one of the most immersive worlds. I think it's one of the most realistic worlds. There, There is, I went back and played the first one recently and there was something more video gamey fun about it. Which, in which to say that like, there's so many animations per second that you're playing in Red Dead 2 that sometimes you almost feel like there's a disconnect between the c- controller and you. Because you know, if you want to take a step forward in a small shack, you're like, and trying to pick up a certain thing, he has like so much movements and there's so much fluidity mm-hmm. to his body that it almost makes it kind of, um, it's not like those old static 360 animations where you know, you lock on and shoot and he's like, bang, you know, it's, it's done so quickly. So... I find in terms of a story and an immersion and a world building and almost like in a movie setting, the second game has a, v- a very clear edge. But there was something very liberating and fun in going back to the first one, just going bang, 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 bang. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You know, you're imagining everyone you hate in your life. You're like, get fucking wrecked, you know? Yeah, so. and it is like that. It's like the first one is so, um, it does have that kind of, it's a little bit more detached from reality, even though there's crazy moments in the second game too. But the first game is just so you get these mad one-liners like John has the best one-liners and quips and um, even just the animation of him running as well. Like you're never going to get that. He's like fucking Sonic the Hedgehog. He's like <laughs> rolling so around at the speed of bang, 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 bang. <laughs> yeah, Danny, it's Danny. just, yeah, it is. It's a wild time. It's anyway, sorry, fun. we interrupted your uh, chronological history of uh, your video game nostalgia there, which is how the podcast goes. Yes, yes yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. adheres it's... to the title of whatever the episode is going to be about. Yeah. And it always stays on track and never yeah, goes always. to segues. Yeah, I know this. <laughs> I think the most recent was like, we're going to talk about the GameCube. And then the conversation ended. It's like, uh, the schooling system isn't a one size fits all model. And everyone has different <laughs> aptitudes and degrees for learning. <laughs> Oh my god, it did actually end up like that. Even just you saying it back to me makes me realise that we started with GameCube and ended with that shit. You never know what you're going to get. But you know, nobody else is is talking about the GameCube uh, like that, are they? Actually, on that point, I love the intro for that one because you were were making the consoles sound so sexy and it was Mm. making me laugh. Oh my god, (laughs) you just want to put your little chode into the GameCube ports and stuff. (laughs) Fucking hell. That is good though. And then like the little memory card and the tiny disc and the handle, you just want to rail the thing out of it, you know? I know. (laughs) Yeah. We've all been there. Okay, quick fire question though. What's the sexiest console? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's what you asked. That's what started it, I think. Um, Was the sexiest console? Oh my God, that's a hard one. Can I say the Game Boy Color? Can I say that one? Did did you have a Game Boy Color uh, when you were a kid? Yes. It was the teal colored one. Kind of greeny colored one. (laughs) Put it here. Oh, yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll edit Jesus. it in there. Uh, what, Actually, what that's, video that's the episode art. Can we have? <laughs> well, you have to send us a photograph. Yeah. Uh, what what wait, video I games did you play? Somewhere. Oh dear, yeah. Oh yeah, we gotta see it. Oh wait a second, I have to get it out of a Do. thing. There's also uh, I'm after peeping a tattoo there. What's the tattoo you have on your arm? Sorry, by the way, if you don't mind me asking. It's from Watership Down. What's oh wa- yeah, yeah. Wa- what's Watership Down? It's a movie. Watership Down is the best childhood animated uh, yeah, yeah. film animated that's not movie, scary yeah. at all that you will ever see <laughs> okay no, so it's, um, trauma it's nice. really old cartoon but <laughs> mm-hmm. trauma tattoos we know <laughs> it's a little traumatizing for some people but i love it yeah and cool. yeah so i just that's my only tattoo that i have but yeah. it's um keith a has a tattoo there as well and i only copped that recently as well what's your what's your one again it's a my number pokemon says, number i don't even know is it hashtag 28 or 28 this is which um, one is that right you no. that's a sand slash yeah so me and my buddy got tattoos because we were uh the first time we met was in second class and um he had a sand and i had a sand slash so 
when we were 30, we oh, got the Pokemon Nambas. <laughs> oh, very that's nice. Lovely. Very nice. So you I have like the, do you story. have this is your childhood Game Boy, is that correct? Yeah. Now explain it like an ex-lover that you want to be back with. Daddy, that is so cool. It's great to have. Some... <laughs> yes. Okay, hang on, sorry. I'll do no description. Emma is currently licking the big teal Game Boy, full on deep throat action. Get up and rubbing the nipples. Oh my God, yes. A B A B A B up up down down. Tiddling my parts. A B up down up down up down up down up down. You're like like Monica from Friends. You know, she's going Wait. seven, seven. <laughs> oh, what's oh. the game? What's the game inside? What's the game inside? Oh, um, that was some ASMR shit right there. Oh wait, let me do that again because I talked over it. Okay, go on. ASMR, putting the cartridge. In Rate the five stars. Rate five stars. Oh, there's the intro right there, <laughs> Keith. I think my bollock went into me there when that happened. <laughs> Fucking, I lost it. <laughs> What okay. game are we working with there, Emma? What game? This episode in the, in the is turning into something else. Um, <laughs> th- so this is okay. So this is actually a little misleading because I didn't really right. play this game all that much. But it's right. Super Mario Land Two. Great game, very very good game, yeah. But yeah. a game nonetheless that you didn't really play much. So we might as well, you know, just what? Tell me I this. Mean, what games did you? I definitely played Super Mario like different games, but I couldn't tell you like which one is which or know which bit is from which thing. And right. also, I think yeah. I was just really terrible at it. Look at I was like the same playing the first few levels over and over and over, very rarely getting past world one or two or with regards to when I was a kid like playing video games. But what um what Game Boy games were you a Pokemon fan? Did you play any Pokemon? <gasps> What's that red <laughs> and here we go yellow? Oh. Can I can I just say the second Nisha said, "Are you a Pokemon fan?" I don't know where these came from. I don't know where you were keeping <laughs> yeah. them. I don't know where them. it was like a fucking magician. You just had them pulled out of the flapperoonies, <laughs> and you were like, "Bam, bam!" Jelly, they just came jelly. out of my armpits. Okay, well that's that's a better place, nice. I guess. So you're a Pokemon Red, Keith. Were you Pokemon Red as well? Yes, I was Pokemon. Pokemon Blue was my first game. I did have a literal breakdown in Smiths when I was picking between the two. It was oh, for my yeah, communion, yeah. and I was like, "What do I pick?" Oh. But yeah. Starter Pokemon, <laughs> what was it? So, hang on, wait a minute. Backtrack a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we also, so me and my brother shared Pokemon Blue. That was actually the first Pokemon game that right. I played. Nice. But in my head, I'm like, did Pokemon Blue come out before Red or am I just crazy? They came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. They so did? They were, they were both, yeah, they were both released at the same time. So originally there was... Okay. I don't uh, know why we had Blue first then. Yeah, green, green and Red were released in Japan. And then, so uh, Venusaur was on the front of it and then they switched it up to blue and red for PAL and NTSC regions or western uh, countries and they released both of them at the same time and the thing about it was obviously to get a link cable so you can only get X amount of Pokemon in red X amount of Pokemon in blue and it was basically just marketing genius to release two games that people had to buy crazy. instead of one and it it's it's actually it's so think, genius when you think it about is, it from a business yeah, standpoint. Hundred percent, it is. Yeah, and I think it's a huge reason why Pokemon took the world by storm because not only did it bring out two games, but it was almost like the console wars, where mm-hmm. it was you know people it would create discussion. So people were saying, were you a Sega kid or a Nintendo kid? But we were both Pokemon people, so everyone mm. was talking about the one company. It wasn't. I'm either buying this company or I'm buying this company. We're both buying from the same company. Mm-hmm. And it was creating that kind of argument. But all the everything, all the attention was going to Pokemon and Game Freak and Nintendo. So I think it's it literally is. We also had like that mind-blowing moment where we were talking about that, like, you know, 
red, blue and green being the primary colours. And then, you know, you start mm-hmm. off in palette town, which is your art canvas. But then we realised that the original red and green makes yellow. So in Japan, you get your red and green games and then they're the colours mm-hmm. that makes yellow going onto it, which I thought was... Mm-hmm. And then I was starting to think about there was yeah. gold... Well, then it was just gold, silver and crystal, I guess. So that doesn't make any sense. But um, Very good games as well. Or I played crystal, I think. Is that the the hybrid of Gen Two? Yeah. Was it gold, it silver, then crystal? Crystal's the yellow of Gen Two. Have you have you played oh, crystal? Okay, Emma. No, I haven't played crystal, but I played gold. I had gold. My brother had silver, and I had gold. But I think I played yeah, mostly gold anyway, definitely. And I think that was probably ended up being my favorite actually. Oh yeah, because I, I love Gen Two. I think gold and silver are one of the best sequels in video game history. Do you reckon? I think, yeah. I think in terms, because I have this thing, we're talking about like sequelitis, where I, I sometimes I don't always think bigger, better and badder is kind of like always the best way to go. But mm-hmm. there was just like the addition of the day-night cycle, um, you know, finding Pokemon at different times, the the breeding, everything else that came with it. It just add, and it added so much like in real life elements, you know, like, oh, I have to stay up till 8 p.m. to catch a certain type of Pokemon or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, it was yeah, so the cool. Thing. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Then the, the huge thing for me and spoiler alert, if you haven't played Pokemon Crystal, I know it's a very old game, but still is when you've beat the Elite Four and then you get to go back to again, spoiler alert, you get to go back to. Uh, Wait, hang on. Before, before, before. Emma, have you finished Pokemon Gold? <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. You get to go back and go through the Kanto region. So the whole Kanto region is in the game. And then you fight Red in the cave. And it's the fucking most difficult fight in. <sighs> that was like, damn! Pokemon that game. was like mind blowing. <sighs> Having the whole first game back into the like second one was like, what the yeah. fuck? Just as a big secret. Like, yeah. You didn't even know this was here. I know. So it's good. Amazing. And then did, did you ever watch those? You know, on the Nintendo Switch, there's like, you can watch Pokemon for free. There's like Pokemon TV. You can there's get... an app for it on the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and they yeah. have, they have these animes of like Pokemon Red like it's like the it's like i think it's a four or eight part and it's all about the original pokemon games yeah. done in a like so instead of following ash it follows red yeah you know like so from the video good. game yeah it's very yeah, good I'd highly recommend it if you're cool. yeah, into so you've you've gone sorry we'll get your you've gone sega mega sega master ps1 yeah, playstation one yeah and then playstation 2 but this is where my mind gets a bit hazy because i can't remember what was the playstation 2 game versus the playstation 1 game and Mm, then and then i take a big gap where i didn't play games oh yeah yeah for most of my teenage years i didn't really game much at all Mm -hmm. can i ask why yeah that's a good question because i'm not really sure why exactly but just i think other maybe just other hobbies or different interests take over and Mm. then like i don't know the ps2 for example i feel like was always my brother's console and then so he was playing all those kind of games i'm not sure i couldn't tell you why exactly but i definitely had um a nintendo wii at some point as well so i was playing like a little bit of you were tipping away kind of yeah but nothing like i really was not like experiencing all these you know this kind of period of about 10 years of game sure. gaming until about 2011 12 when i started getting back into it because i feel like we've all had that to a certain extent at different periods of time where we like fell off but i kind of knew for me it's like yeah. when it's about like 16 17 18 you know just hanging around with friends and discovering life for the first time if that kind of makes sense um same but, for me but i think it's it's and it 
yeah I, I don't know it's just like a time thing but I, it's always interesting to kind of find out why because I'm always interested like you know for some people was it uncool to be playing them or was it just a friend group you're hanging out with didn't play them so you kind of didn't talk about it and you lose a bit of interest or you know do you find new loves in life or is it just a period of time where you know you're evolving and developing so much that you know things just kind of fall by the wayside a little bit but it's kind of funny how you fall out of love I described my 30s and I said this before like being 13 again it's kind of like you fall re-in love with everything with this like you find small joys and all the things you loved and you can you know have a different appreciation but I think me and Nisha were saying like you know during the 20s we were just out all the time doing whatever but this was kind of more your teenager years for you was it yeah so I would say, yeah, most of my teenagers, I would say there's probably a good 10 year gap between the ages of like 12 and 22 ish that I was not playing games. So um, to put that into perspective, it would have been like 2000 and wait, hang on. Oh, 2012, it would have been that I'd be getting back into. What Maybe brought you back sense. into video games? Oh, what brought what? you back? Yeah, yeah. What, took, so what, what took you out of the depths of sadness? <laughs> <laughs> what, what brought, brought me back? you back into the world? Yeah. Was it, did you just so... look at that teal Game Boy and you were like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, I was lonely one night. And we all, you know, we've all used, we've know. all held down the old fire trigger on an old Xbox controller and gone downtown, lads. Let's not, you know, let's not say our taints haven't felt a little bit of that vibration from time to time, all right? Oh, boy. Yeah. Do you ever just plug in all four controllers at once and just cover every orifice and you're like... Jesus <laughs> There's nothing um, like the new uh, DualSense controller. Let oh, me the, the haptics. <laughs> uh, so, what brought you back into video games? Disclaimer: I have not had sex with any of my controllers. Okay, well, I mean, you can, you can, you can keep your secrets if you want. Um, <laughs> I bet you never be... thought you'd say that in the podcast. Emma. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't rule anything out. To be oh, right. <laughs> I love the way it's like, what brought you back to gaming? It's like the DualShock 2. <laughs> um, okay, so what brought me back to gaming was, okay, so I moved in with my boyfriend who had an Xbox 360 and he was playing this amazing game called Skyrim. What? How do oh, I, uh, how do, I do that? Hang on. How do, what's the Skyrim music? Hmm. Oh, I know, I was going to go with ah. Halo there. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, take it away. I don't know the words. Dovakin. Dovakin. I think it's going to, no matter what I do, it's going to turn into fucking Harry Potter or Jurassic Park, no matter how hard I try. Pirates of the Caribbean, I was going to say. It is It's so similar. Yeah, because I remember, so my boyfriend was playing Skyrim, and actually, I remember saying that. I was like, is that the Pirates of the Caribbean music? And he was like, no. It's Skyrim music. <laughs> How um, dare you? He doesn't talk like that. He's very nice. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I remember just watching him being like, um, he was just playing, uh, you know, whatever. He was just, it's an open world game. So he's like just walking around Skyrim. And mm. then he was like, oh, there's a dragon coming. And then this dragon started attacking him. And I was like, why aren't you running? Why aren't you running away from the fucking dragon? What the fuck is wrong with you? And he was like, no, I'm going to kill it with my bow and arrow. I was like, what? And then I watched him do this amazing epic fight against this dragon and I was like what the fuck and then he like soul sucked the dragon's essence into this, him this and sounds yeah, sexy <laughs> like if I was so watching good. her boyfriend do this I'd be like I'd be with him you know what I mean it's like oh, look at him fight so that sexy. dragon he's so brave he's sucking the essence out of things Jesus so he Christ. sucked off the dragon. <laughs> yeah, so hell. Long, long story short, we're now into. I um, wasn't expecting you to be like this. <laughs> I know that's the thing. I feel like I'm the guest in this podcast. 
Thank God I'm Listen. so sick of the fucking Nisha show. It's about time we took you down a couple of pegs. But... There's a reason that this is my favourite podcast is because it, it, I'm laughing at all the dirtiest, darkest jokes that happen because yeah, it's just so it, t- it tickles the right itch for me but it's all in good it's all in good humor and good jest yeah yes because in real life you know we're so repressed <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true that's true uh i do remember playing uh skyrim as well and that being able to do the, like the shouts and stuff mm-hmm. and just going on an adventure but i think that's very interesting thought as to you're used to like in a game like that you'd be like fuck i better run from this but no it's i'm gonna turn and fight this fucking dragon with a bow and arrow and a sword and it's mm-hmm. epic and fucking great so what a game to bring you yeah, back into it like crazy yeah and also just the idea that he was then like you know standing on top of a mountain looking at somewhere really far away and being yeah. like i'm gonna go there now and mm-hmm. i was like what do you mean what do you mean because i had never played like an, an open, open world game yeah, yeah 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 like think about that 10 year gap of mm. games maybe Did i was actually, playing yeah. in 2002 or something mm. i don't know like apart from you know mario kart and stuff like that yeah. But um, that's crazy. Like, that is a huge gap. That's like you just yeah. went in a time machine and just went 10 years into the future and you got to yeah. see a video yeah, game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what do you mean? You're just going to walk over to that other mountain. You can't yeah. do that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. And then so that was my intro into what an open world game was. And then also just like dragons was super fucking cool. And mm. um, the other thing that really drew me in, because then I was like, I have to play this for myself. But yeah. the other thing I loved about it was that you could do magic Whoa, in the magic game. fingers. Yeah, with the hands. And then you could like throw fireballs and stuff. What, you go to the, is it the college? What's the fucking? Winterhold. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, oh, I always pick like, when I'm doing games like this, I'm always like a mage. You can pick like a warrior, stealth mode, whatever. I'm, I'm always, uh, I always go for a mage and getting all the magic. I think it's the coolest way to do it. Yeah, I just love it. That is so interesting though, the fact that you're like, there's a 10 year gap and then you see a video game world where you're like, you can make your story just by playing. Do you know that mm. RPG element yeah. of just like, from me traveling to here to here is my adventure and is what I come across along the way. Yeah. And discovering all of the secrets then, like all the stuff yeah. that's, that, um you know, you go to a random location and you find whatever it is, a dragon's nest or a giant and a mammoth. And then you're trapped in a windmill for an hour until they leave eventually. <laughs> yeah. So good. So was, it was the 360 then. Did you start gaming on the 360? Yeah. So it was... Uh, Xbox 360 and then we had an Xbox One and then and then we had that until and then also uh, PC gaming as well. Oh cool. Um, and then so until I got the PS5 so my last time playing a PlayStation was probably the PS2 and mm-hmm. then I bought a PS5. That's Very some nice. jump. Fucking hell yeah. that's some jump. Jesus. Yeah. And what games sorry before we get into the, uh, the PS5 what what PC games did you play? Um. Oh what PC games did I play? Hang on. One second there. Can I just can I just stop you for one second? Was it by yeah. any chance yeah. Willowbrook Stables? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. Is that um, a PC game? Yeah, so that was a really, really obscure random game that I was watching I'm pretty a video sure and I just remember free with a magazine or something. Fucking some horse riding game and I was like gotta find out about Willowbrook Stables even though you probably don't remember anything about it. It doesn't exist on the internet I don't think. Okay. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Um, yeah because I was researching I was trying to research it for the video I made um, last year sometime when I was talking about all my gaming history and 
this there was mm-hmm. this one horse riding game and I was like I, pl- I spent so much time playing it and I couldn't remember the name of it or something like that so I was like trying to google it and it, it was just so obscure that I couldn't find it anywhere and eventually I found it mm. I found the cover art for it but it was Willowbrook Stables it was a really shitty PC game but I was super into horses so I was just like I get to like put a saddle on my horse and I get to go explore the island and solve mysteries and collect cool. the golden horseshoes but um because there was some glitch in it, I couldn't like continue the main quest. And then so I just had to abandon the whole game, which sucked. No <laughs> way. I don't know. Do you, do you know what that actually happened to me in Skyrim on my PS3? And do you know what the glitch was? It was any time I went near water, so if there was a yeah. river. And I tell you, I had about 120 hours on a save file. <laughs> and it just fucking glitched out and I had to like delete it all and wipe it off uh, the console and start again. <laughs> because when I walked into a river, or if I went near a river, the whole game would just freeze. And it would like it just was unfixable. Uh, Even with updates, everything, it just oh, was gone. That sucks. <laughs> Which is very odd, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you have like a good crank after that? You know, the, the cry wank. <laughs> the cry wank. Where you have to use your tears as lubricant crank. to cranks. <laughs> I just remember, I think I got to a point where I think I'd finished the game and I was kind of like, I'm, I'm ready to let this go now. Uh-oh. You know what I mean? But you, was there's like, only one way is, to let things this go. This is the universe's By a crank. <laughs> this is the universe's way of saying stop playing <laughs> playing this game too much because I fucking was just playing it night and day and because it, it was fucking just such an immersive yeah. game oh that's 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 a tough one though to have to abandon it after that many hours yeah, yeah. and literally I think I think there was around I can't remember if there was a time stamp on it I think there must have been because I have like 120 hours in my head so I guess that was maybe the last really open world expansive game that you felt you had the time to tackle was it yeah do you know the way you kind of talk about Witcher and Red um, Dead and stuff and being like yeah. they're so they're so long and expansive that you feel you don't have the time to immerse yeah it definitely would have been uh, one of the most modern ones the funny thing is I can I can play like retro games that are like JRPGs that might be 60 70 hours and for some reason I don't find them as daunting as a modern games which is The Witcher 3 I think though that's because Red your Dead brain too. is an overwhelmed by him i don't think it's a time thing i think it's an expanse thing of overwhelmption so if you're looking at secret of man or chrono trigger you're seeing a 2d space you know you have to go this way you know you have to go that way but if you're looking at red dead 2 and there's Mm -hmm. like 60 side quests 70 horses like bears random shit to collect like you get stuck just drinking in a pub Mm. and not make any progress you know so i think it's probably more rather than time it's probably overwhelming there's too many things to do rather than it's too long maybe so you can take it bit Mm. by bit and you feel like you've accomplished what you need to yeah i agree with that that's yeah no that's yeah i think you're right there um so pc games was the the horse riding game equestrian game what about uh like was this so did you play pc games can we can we i'm laughing because i'm like that wasn't like my main PC game. <laughs> it's like random. Yes, yeah, really no, that's no, what I'm no, trying. No, no. To, that's what I'm trying to get into. No, that's what I'm trying to get into because I played a lot of PC games as a kid as well, and I'm trying to discover what were there other PC games that you enjoy yeah. playing. We need, we need art for the episode. That's everything you're not into. Like we'll take like the game you talked about the least from each section and just have it as like a backdrop. Like we need like. We need Super like Mario Super Mario Bros. Two and Willowbrook Stables <laughs> in the background, <laughs> and just like a te- no. and just call it Emma's just favorite like a teal Game Boy. <laughs> oh my god, it's gonna be so misleading. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just trying to figure out, yeah. like, wh- were you playing PC games as a kid or was it when you got back into games around the 360 area that you started? Yeah, um, so, so PC games, I was really into Age of Empires. Um, I oh, think cool. the second one was the one I played the most, I but I can't remember. Uh, I've tried to figure it out mm. by looking up the intros to them online, but I was like, I don't know, I can't remember. I feel like I've played one and two, but anyway. Age of Empires 2, I played loads yeah. of hours of that. Loved it. Uh, played The cool. Sims. Mm-hmm. The Sims. Oh, hundreds and hundreds of hours probably in The Sims. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm talking Did you the Sims, torture your the original Sims? Sims? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Did I, you make I, them go I naked saw, to work, leave the oven on? I saw recently... <laughs> Oh wait, I have some dark stories about The Sims. Tell me. But I, I saw oh, yes, recently that they updated the new game or whatever that you can't remove the ladder. Oh no, if you remove the ladder in the swimming pool, they just climb out now. That's bullshit. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, <laughs> well, that's dark. You know what? Have you ever oh, seen shit. a child play with fucking rabbits or anything and they're like, they start off like, I love you and then they're going to fucking kill you. <laughs> You need dark play. <laughs> like I'm saying that's dark when you play fucking GTA and you're just fucking mowing people down with a fucking yeah. machine gun so it's not really yeah. that dark is it? But the the original Sims is so good on yeah. the PC. What yeah. a fucking game. I have a I have one really dark story about mm-hmm. the Sims. So I um so okay, letting people drown in the swimming pool I think is like kind of standard. Yeah, it's cathartic, you know what I mean? Everyone you does you, that. you project onto whoever's in the swimming pool, you take their ladder away and watch them suffer. It's the whole thing. Yeah. But I, I had it. I got it into my head that I'm. Um, I wanted to have a household that was just children. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of fucking Lord of the Flies. Can I just ask how many of them yes. disappeared due to drowning? Uh. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think you can kill children in the Sims. Oh, well, I don't that's, think that's, I tried. That's good to know. It's not that dark. Okay, okay. it's not that dark. Oh, thank God. Okay, but it is still kind of dark because um, so in order to have a household of just children, I had to get rid of the grown ups. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So basically, I had like, oh. a family of Sims. I had a certain amount of children and then I obviously had to how have, many like, children adults. was the magic number of children that you wanted? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. But there must have been, I guess, two adults that I had to get rid of, right? Because mm. they had to make the kids or maybe yeah, I yeah. had the kids already. I don't know. But for some reason, you can't start a household in The Sims just as kids. You have to have a grown up. Right. So I was yeah. uh, meditating and plotting out what I was going to do because I was like, the kids can't like um, fend for themselves. Mm. Um, so I had to, Which is what to you get wanted. the grown ups to. Yeah, well, no, no, no. The kids, I, I, I didn't have anything against the kids. OK, it's not that bad. Right. It was just the grown ups <laughs> in, in my way of having my of having, dream of, of having kids a, not being like looked a Peter after Pan or OK, Peter Pan. OK, yeah, but, Peter Pan. Um, yeah. Say. So I was like, I just want it to be just kids and that's going to be fun. No adults. But so I had to plot their murder. So anyway, so I got them to hire a maid and a <laughs> butler or, or no, a maid. And then I Fucking got the Cluedo. buffet table. <laughs> Do you know the buffet table that you can buy? Right. I mean, I don't, but yeah, I can imagine yeah. it. Okay, so there's a buffet table that you can buy. And then if you hire a maid, they will refill the buffet table every day that they come. <gasps> ah. So I was like, so now my kids will have food and they'll have a maid doing all the cleaning and all the stuff that they can't do. And then I was like, great. Okay, so once I hired the maid, I was like, time to kill off this mom is, and dad. This is very premeditated. Like, you know what I mean? This <laughs> yeah. is like, this is like, you spent weeks conjuring this plan. This is very devilishly evil. Let's go. I know. I'm like, maybe this is this too brilliant. much information? Oh my God. Uh, did, <laughs> Look, I, I would again, actually say Emma, it's too little information. If there, <laughs> if there is anything in the end, you're like, 
that. Take that out. It's fine. Don't worry about it. So I know it's fine. Look, every, everyone who's played The Sims has killed off their Sims. Okay. Yeah. Very true. It's like Super Mario 64 where you fuck the penguin off the edge. The pe- baby penguin off the edge of... Yeah, yeah, everyone's done it. So, so yeah, there's a there's a dark streak in all of us. Say good. But also, the really interesting thing in you know learning, we did a lot of um, when I was studying for therapy and stuff like that. We did a lot about you know learning about like all part of play is like dark play and whatever goes on in your whatever you conjure up in your brain. There's nothing wrong with it. It's all about your actions. And obviously, you know, you did kill the parents and you mm-hmm. made a maid come in. But you know, I feel like you know at the end of the day, you know, you were just you were experimenting in a virtual world. So you just you know, if anything, really, it gets it out of your system. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Exactly. Did you manage to get the the house with just the kids in the end? Do you remember? Oh yeah, yeah. So I had it. It worked out. I can't really remember much past that like I don't it's so long ago I mean I was probably mm-hmm. like 10 but um or 20, yeah I definitely I had a I killed off the parents <laughs> I can't remember how I did it but I think one of them was probably a swimming pool incident or something and maybe the other one I think I just might have sound fire I can't remember this is the best Disco. can this that be your next let's play best. on YouTube can we just get a recreation of like <laughs> Now in the next episode of Once Upon a Quest, you thought you had a house of children and adults, Lord of the Flies, Peter Pan. How will we kill all the adults, burn them, drown them, stick them in a stew, let the maid come by, feed the children, the children are dead, everything's dead, the house is gone, there's everything, there's a fire. Hi, it's me, the policeman of the FBI, what's happening here today? Can we get it on in here? A three-part documentary series on how Once Upon a Quest became the biggest murderer in Sim City. Oh, I'm going on a Netflix documentary. Class documentary. So what That's was the great. first red flag? <laughs> it, it, it's it's brilliant. And you know what? It's uh, it's accurate too because it was dark, but um I fucking yeah. God it. it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean again though you, you gotta do those things, you know what I mean? I've definitely like it's like, you know, in GTA when you're bored and you're like, Well, you know, you drive around as a normal citizen and then you become a mass murderer mm-hmm. and then you become I don't know, you know, you just I remember did I told that story before just to, you know, not make you You are not alone. I um, I got GTA Vice City when I was a kid, and I was in um, I was down in West Cork with my parents. We were just in a, I don't know, we were in a caravan or something. I can't remember what we we're doing, but I brought my TV and my GTA Vice City, and my parents invited friends over, and they're having dinner, and I was just playing on the little CRT next to them. I just was like so bored that I was just kept hammering a person on the floor. <laughs> It's just over and over again. And my dad was like, and the the people they were hosting for the dinner or whatever started laughing at it. And they were like, obviously they thought their child looked absolutely psychotic. So he proceeded to take the game away from me. And oh no. I lost my city for a little while, you know. Oh no. How old were you? Do you remember how old were you? 26. <laughs> I'd say, I don't know, I'd say it was about 11. Uh, Brilliant. That's the the thing, when I think back to the early GTAs, like, I must have been, I must have been so young, because when the first GTA came out, I think it was 1995, so, like, I must have been playing that when I was, like, definitely below 10. Mm. That is messed up. I mean, yeah, I mean, there, there is definitely, you know, stuff. When you see, when you look back at Vice City, though, there is, there's nothing but funniness about it. Like, I, it's one of my favorite games mm. of all time. And I've replayed it many times in the stream and stuff. And, um, you know, obviously realism goes a long way to making something. But, like, it was so fucking satirical that, honest to God, Vice City nearly looks like a Simpsons episode now. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, it's <laughs> Yeah, that's actually it's a good It's so, show. like, where, obviously, as the games get newer, more realistic, it does take a more 
sinister tone, you know. But that game is so crazy. Mm. But obviously, you know, there's certain things that should be viewed by certain eyes. But also, I don't <laughs> think either that, like, what is it? There's a direct correlation that violence in video games does not promote any violence in real life. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I think you're fine. But I also think you should see certain things at certain yeah. times. <laughs> but it's all about your... your perspective of it like you're oh like definitely as a kid like i was literally just like i remember it perfectly i there was nothing there was nothing yeah. sinister out of just a repeated action for my <laughs> neuro spicy zoomies do you know what i mean i was just like, yeah yeah <laughs> you're just having a crack playing the fucking game the way it's meant to be i played. don't know i don't know if specifically just hammering a person on the floor is how it was meant to be <laughs> Like, they wouldn't give you that option if they very, wanted very to fucking true, use it, you know what I mean? True. Right, so we're, we've come through, you've come through quite a, a journey from the Sega Mega, Sega Master to the PS5. Yeah. And I think we can, there's a game that I know you're playing at the moment, and we'll, we'll touch on it very lightly if mm-hmm. that's okay. Every game you play on your YouTube is the first time you've played it, is yes. that correct? Yeah, okay. so far. Right. Once upon a quest, go for, hang on, we gotta, we gotta do a little, uh, do, are we, we, do we get to talk about YouTube now? Go on, yeah. You better, you better go, go fucking, fucking follow, follow this, this a Let's Player creator. creator. Once upon a quest, Emma is tackling all the games for the first times. Look at these raw emotions. Join on a journey of creamy, dreamy, sultry, good teal shagging Game Boy times from The Last of Us to Uncharted to, to the Greedfall to the... Is it Vampire Vampire? I don't know. But you better go over to the fucking YouTube right now and fucking subscribe. If you're not at a thousand, almost at a thousand subs, by the way. Which, yeah, by the way, can I, I'm still in the yeah, echo. Who cool. has recently just gained shit tons of subscribers, absolutely slaying and diddling and fiddling? <laughs> Go follow Let's Player. You're interested in the conversations. You want to be there. Get your shit together. And, you know, if at 100,000 subs, they will play. I'm just going to call it The Sims. And they will recreate. At 100,000, recreate uh, the Peter Pan murdering parents uh you know murder three point documentary series okay yeah i will agree to that straight here i yeah. can't wait the for peter pan it. murder house i'll hold you to it i'll hold you it to it pan murder house. that's a fucking peter great pan idea murder for a game or a fucking it's a fucking brilliant <laughs> peter pan murder house i mean i'd watch it um you're, you're currently playing through two games at the moment <clears throat> but one of them is the last mm-hmm. of us two and i will tread very lightly I've played it, Keith's played it, but it's your first playthrough, so I don't want to give any inclinations or anything whatsoever, but I've watched up to where you've played, and fuck me, like, what an intense game to play, but as a viewer, I watched that one video, that's all I'll say about it, and I was like, fucking hell, this fucking heavy shit, man. But one thing I picked up on when I was watching was when you started playing the game. So again, I won't even remotely get into any sort of spoilery because I know a lot of people haven't played it. Uh, was just how you were taken in the, like the visuals of it. So at the start where you're going along and you're riding the horse and you can see the sun coming through the trees and you're checking out the grass and then you're in the person's bedroom and you're looking at their wall and you see a certain toy and a figure and a console i was like fucking hell this shit blew me away just the visuals of that game totally fucking blew me away because i played it on a ps4 on a shitty tv and i'm assuming you were playing it on a ps5 yes but what has your experience with that game been so far yeah do you feel it's lived up to the sequel hype so yeah far? oh definitely yeah it's it is it is definitely intense um so i played the mm-hmm. first one i'd say maybe two years ago now um okay. and I, I know since then it's been it's brought out a remake so the last of us part one the remake i haven't played that so for me right. i played the first game which was actually the remastered version of mm. it 
which I think was 2014 or something. Last of Us is a retro video game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember this. This was from an earlier episode. Um, I think it's been decided. I think that's... Um, Gamerfest, you were saying that, sorry, we're getting segue now, but uh, that the Nintendo right. Wii is a retro 100%, console. 100%. And I, I'm just like, oh, that hurts me inside because that makes me feel so yeah. old. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. that's getting away yeah. from the point. So Last of Us 2 is right. an amazing sequel. So yes, yeah, so I suppose I was very, I was looking at the visuals. Um, My first impression of it was like, wow, let's look at all the detail because um, it was definitely mm. a big jump from the first game to the second yeah. game and so I was mm-hmm. just like oh it's so beautiful and then because um, I think I was very conscious with playing The Last of Us 2 that I didn't want to over kind of produce it or you know try and make it super snappy and exciting so I was like I'm just going to play this and appreciate everything that I would normally do because yeah. that's the way I want to play this game and you wanted that the means game some be episodes are a little bit longer like it, mm-hmm. you wanted the ep- you wanted the game to kind of be more in the foreground of the the story and the experience of it kind of telling itself rather than you interjecting more in other playthroughs. Is that what you mean? Or I think just like um like not rushing through anything and just being like okay mm-hmm. if I want to go and look at this blade of grass I'm gonna go do that and sure. um yeah. <laughs> instead of being like oh no I need to keep this like moving along and fast paced and interesting for people to watch yeah. I'm like you know what I mm-hmm. I want to take my time and enjoy everything so. Yeah, so I was kind of like, shit, you know, I'm not going to worry about like, is this boring or whatever? Yes. I'm going to go and look at her shelf yeah. in her bedroom and look uh-huh. at all the stuff on mm. it because that's yeah. what is so interesting to see and like see her yeah. personality it in was. her bedroom and everything. So I was like, I'm going to look at all her posters and everything and not worry about like if the episode's yeah, a bit yeah. long or whatever. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was, I, I found that fascinating. The way you were, not dissecting the game, but the way you were like examining everything down to the dust coming off the ground when the you're going horse riding and like that the sun you know and you can God rays see when you first walk out mm-hmm. and you can see the sun it's like I think it's cool to see or people appreciating that be- and then looking around like on the shelves and going oh is that a is that a video game mm-hmm. is that a, a DVD what's that there and because people do that like you know it's this game has such the story in this game is so incredible but then you also just want to just look around. Yeah. Just, you're just like looking around the room and checking it out and taking it all in. So I thought the way you did it is, or the way you're doing it because you're still playing it is very, very cool and very interesting. It brings up a really interesting question though as well because you were talking about there about, you know, you're not worrying if it's boring or not when you were making it. So you were trying to make something that was very authentic that you were enjoying the experience and hoping that as a result that will, you know, pay off in its own way, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's always interesting the idea of playing something in terms of like, um, how do I wear this now? So it's kind of like uh, I think it's you're you're creating content and you're yes. making it for viewers, but you are playing it the way you want to play mm-hmm. it, and you're not necessarily thinking of like you said, is it is it too long? Is it too short? Am I not being too interactive with the story? Yeah, you're just looking like, around the room. There's like an authenticity mm-hmm. versus trying to also create something that you think is going to work. So you know what I mean. You you want to be true, and mm-hmm. obviously you know you want to be you want to be engrossed in the story. But I'm also you know, and particularly as a streamer, it's different as a YouTuber a little bit because I, I get more distracted by chat. You know, that's live mm-hmm. kind of going all the time. But I suppose how conscious in the creative process are you about creating something that's you know that you're immersed in what you're playing, but you're also being authentic. And then, but you're also obviously making content too that you hope kind of appeals to people. But, you know, there, I feel like there's this line between trying to make something authentic and also making something that you feel can be entertaining and trying to strike that balance, do you know? Yeah, and I think that The Last of Us 2, especially I had kind of put on the long finger for a while because I was uh, a little bit apprehensive about playing that on YouTube because I loved the first game. 
and because it's so intense mm-hmm. and so emotional and it's kind of heavy going, um, I was like, I want to make sure that I'm doing it justice for myself first and foremost. Like, I don't want to, uh, I suppose that was the apprehension. I was like, until I was more comfortable with creating Let's Plays, I was like, I'm, I'm not going to tackle a game that I really, really care about. I mean, I've cared about the other games I played too, but I mean, this one, especially because of the nature of it being so kind of heavy going. So I kind of waited yeah. until I felt ready. And then I was like, okay, so I'm going to take my time with this and look at all the detail and take it slow and savor it. And I think as well, part of that was like, I think that the people who are watching this are going to be fans of the game anyway, probably, mm-hmm. and are probably going to be enjoying the details like yes. that anyway, yeah, yeah. rather than me trying to worry about yeah. like, OK, let me just like rush through this bit because they're enjoying you nerd out about the small things. Do you know what I mean? Because they're, so, yeah. as you said, they're already fans mm-hmm. and they're already like, you know, there, there's always something and I think this is the most important thing about creating in general there always has to be this like infection that if you're passionate about whatever you're talking about or doing that that will have like a knock-on effect that people even if people aren't necessarily into the game or the subject matter by the fact that you're radiating that you're engrossed passionate and enjoying something I think that gives a knock-on effect that is makes content interesting to watch mm-hmm. you know yeah, definitely. And that's what I've loved as a viewer watching other people is, you know, especially if I'm watching something that it's a game that I already like, I'm loving the person noticing those little details or like appreciating, mm. you know, whatever it is about the story or the gameplay that's happening. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, I love that, too. And oh, I remember finding that secret or 100 percent. I like I've said it already, but I think it worked so well. I was watching and just the way you were looking around, it's like especially for somebody who's played the game. And you're watch then you're watching the let's play like I know how the game plays out I've experienced the game but when you're checking out the finer details of the game you're like picking up on things that I've missed and I'm like oh that's pretty cool jeez I didn't notice that so I think it works really well uh, and it's it's kind of our, mine and Keith's approach to the podcast is you're playing that game for yourself first and foremost and then obviously your viewers are going along with you like we create this podcast not for we'll do episodes that we we want to enjoy as opposed to episodes that we think listeners will want to enjoy we'll we'll pick a subject matter and create it for us as opposed to creating it for someone else and i think the way you're doing it is it is working from from my point of view i've watched the videos and it worked really well especially with the last of us too because it's a game that i have played and i know it but then i'm watching you play it and you're picking up on things that i never noticed before and i was like holy shit it's like playing it again fucking under a microscope (laughs) so it is it is working really well but it also recreates that feeling of when you were three watching your brothers play something there's almost like this sense of company and camaraderie that you know like if you're at home doing nothing you have this kind of feeling that like you're close to someone Mm -hmm. in the sense that you know you're, you're watching someone do something you're hearing their voice you're kind of a part of it you're experiencing something together and you're watching it so i think it's great from that point of view as well um mm-hmm. i was curious as well like you know you play there is some like you know story heavy parts of games and at different times you experience different emotions and vulnerabilities and i was curious to know was there like kind of a learning curve to allowing yourself to you know being authentic and emotional on camera or was it something that you found that just was comfortable to you from day one because you know it can be hard to put that stuff out there sometimes do you know what I mean yeah definitely oh yeah it definitely was uh it definitely took me a while to get comfortable from where I started to now so I think yeah playing the first couple of games I wasn't they, they weren't that emotional I guess 
really for me, but I still loved playing them. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm trying to think was the first time I cried on YouTube, I think, was maybe playing Brothers, mm. that little short game. And then also, um, I suppose Plague Tale was maybe a big shift in something as well. It was a game that I didn't care how it performed or anything like that. I was like, I've been waiting for a Plague Tale Requiem to come out. I'm going to play it. And it kind of like with The Last of Us, I'm going to savour it and take my time with it and enjoy it. And that game, I definitely was like, this is a game I care about so much. I don't care if I'm crying on camera anymore or like I'm losing that Mm self-consciousness. But it took a while to get to that point, definitely. You have to kind of get a little bit comfortable in just even going through the basics of like talking to yourself and mm. playing at the same yeah, time and doing all that kind of stuff. But finally getting to a point where I was like, I can now sob on camera. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> it's it's nice. It is because <laughs> it means what it means, I think, from like a viewer's point of view. And when I watch it, it's like it means that you're you're there, you're immersed you're in it in a real sense. And, and people look for that. You know, people look for like you experience like I replayed part two recently and I nearly had a panic attack because I knew it was coming coming up to a scene do you know what I mean I was like Mm -hmm. freaking out so like you know seeing people have similar reactions or emotions to games again makes you feel seen and heard like when you talk about TikTok you find things that are there so you know when you find someone else who feels a similar feeling you did when you play something and you know it feels also like you managed to play the right games at the right time for your creative process of where you are you know like you said on your recently you could play the last of us kind of now and kind of feel yeah. like you found your voice or your comfortability to tackle that type of game do you know exactly yeah like I'm ready I'm like uh, now I'm fe- I definitely feel comfortable enough um that I can uh you know get ragey get frustrated cry whatever it is but it's also about the um expecting negative comments and stuff and mm-hmm. like I knew that playing The Last of Us 2 I was like there's probably going to be a lot of people that really have strong opinions on this game mm-hmm. so I was like kind of mentally preparing myself for that now luckily so far I've had nothing but good comments there's been the odd one or two that's been like oh you should have done this or yeah but why did you waste that or oh Mm -hmm. you're missing like all the loot I'm like it's my first playthrough I'm not gonna get all the loot like what's wrong with you (laughs) yeah 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 also, it's yeah, your playthrough, not like, Why are you theirs. wasting your time watching you know I mean? my video? Go do something yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a really interesting thing in that yeah. where people are like, sometimes people are just excited and they piss their pants and say shit like spoilers or something. You're like, stop. Or True. else, you know, another True. time it is just like, like a weird control thing of like, there's someone's unhappy in their own lives and they just have to randomly watch something and complain about it when they could just leave, you know? I know. Yeah. But yeah, and it was the spoilers I was more afraid of. Sure. So luckily I have mm-hmm. not had any spoilers mm-hmm. so far. It is something right. that I'm still like not sure Brilliant. how I will deal with if that happens. Mm-hmm. But also for this game, I feel like I, I have had some of the major spoilers already just from being alive sure. on the internet sure sure <laughs> like, sure sure <laughs> thumbnails um, and memes so, and <laughs> but yeah but anyway yeah so it's yeah. it's it definitely took me a while to kind of feel ready to to tackle it but it's because i care about it so much i want to enjoy it and i don't want spoilers like whereas maybe you know another game you wouldn't care too much if you got spoilers or that kind of thing but if it's a game you really mm-hmm. care about and it's a story heavy game then spoilers are just can ruin everything and mm-hmm. That's a that's a kind of a risk you're taking. That game had such a toxic release anyway because there's just so many like there because of the fact that that game was spoiled ahead of release. Um now it wasn't for me so I just got to experience it as I went and I was able to absorb it the way it was supposed to be taken but like 
There's just so many. There was, um, I don't know if you ever watched Girlfriend Reviews or if you've heard of them on YouTube, Emma. No. They do this, they just do great reviews that spawn from the fact that um, her boyfriend used to play games and she used to watch it and he was playing Breath of the Wild and she used to be driven demented because she kept hearing the start sound like, checking the map all the time and she was going crazy. So she started commenting on him playing the game and it turned into a whole channel. It's really, really, really good. Fantastic, fantastic reviews. But they did. They did a review of The Last of Us Part 2, but they also did a very separate video, which they never did before, called Understanding the Story. And obviously you won't want to watch it till you're done. But they explained that, um, you know, you can beat some games by changing the difficulty, but you can't understand some stories by changing your emotional understanding of stuff. So if you're, you know, if you're lacking in self-awareness of your own feelings or your own anger about things or whatever it is, you like, it's like, you know, art imitates life. Do you know what happens in the game? you know, through Ellie and then we feel different things and different emotions that happen in the game. And some people can see that as great art that, oh my God, I'm actually feeling what the main protagonist is feeling. That's crazy. And then other mm-hmm. people are like, I can't handle this. This is bullshit. I hate the person who made this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's crazy. And that's kind of, it's kind of understandable to a point. I mean, don't go like spreading your yeah, toxicity well, everywhere else. But it's like, I understand that it could make someone feel that way and not want to continue on sure sure totally totally you're like you know or it could be too triggering or it could be whatever but there's a lot of like mishandled things where people got you know people who built it and worked on it got death threats the whole lot you know it turned into a whole oh yeah that's crazy thing like yeah that's ridiculous that's kind of the point i'm alluding to a little bit yeah um i i I have a question for you sorry uh go for it uh so the first ever full long form let's play that i watched was yours of until dawn oh right which i've never i like i've have you you've oh, played cool. through that keith have you i have yeah yeah ah deadly like the fact that you go into and again i don't i don't think it's a spoiler it's not a spoiler it's not a spoiler at all it's how when you're talking to the psychiatrist or the the doctor and they're asking mm-hmm. you about your fears what do you what scares you and then they mm-hmm. will adopt that into like that is so fucking yeah. clever right there as a horror game. It's, it's very good. So fucking good. That game in gen like the whole playthrough was very good. Again, like I'm I'm a devil for for YouTube. I love YouTube, but I've never wa- sat down and watched every episode of uh like is it is is it called the long form let's play? Is that what oh, you thanks so much that you watched my uh, playthrough? It was brilliant. So cool. It was brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh Yay. And the game itself was very was very cool. Uh I, I liked how I it, like it wasn't it, it went a route that I was not expecting whatsoever. Um which oh, yeah. which, which was Me really, either. really cool. <laughs> uh really, really cool. But yeah. uh, is it called long form let's play? What like the style of videos that you're creating on YouTube? I, I have it in my head as a long form let's play, or is it just let's yeah. play videos? Or what? What? How would you describe it? Uh, well, I, I my understanding is that let's play videos are usually gonna be long form. Right. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. But maybe that's wrong. So yeah, I guess I'm I'm doing long form. I suppose because you could have let's plays that are really edited and and really short and stuff as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I I don't know. For me, let's play is like you're going to sit down and watch someone play through, mm-hmm. kind of almost in real time. Yeah. With a little bit of editing. Right. Um, through a game. So yeah, my episodes are probably usually around about an hour. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of what I understand from let's plays. But somebody else might have a different opinion about. Yeah, that, no, look at it. it's that's it. Uh, again, I just wanted to ask because that's what I have it in my head. But yeah, it's it makes sense to just call it in let's play. And what kind of what what drove you down the route of going for that as a create as a creative process as opposed to you know there's so many things a person can do be it streaming YouTube and podcast and music whatever it is 
what was it that brought you to i'm gonna create a youtube channel and play video games like was there or create to begin with and then yeah, create yeah, YouTube, yeah. Like, you know was... like what made you want to make videos what? yeah because usually it's like there's a feeling like i have to do this you know <laughs> yeah i think i was I, i've always been creative in some way or another mm-hmm. and and then i suppose like you know over the last 10 years getting back into video games and things like that i'd play a lot of single player games i play a lot of role-playing games um i always got into the story of games and then and then with open world games and stuff you know as well it was just those kind of epic moments of discovering something completely out of left field like whether it was you know fallout or horizons your dawn or something like that whatever i was playing at red dead redemption again like you know it's just like sometimes you have these epic moments and you're like ah ah yeah yeah. oh has no one seen this (laughs) (laughs) nobody saw this look at me daddy yeah like god that was fucking cool or like jesus that was amazing and um so a little bit of that kind of going into like oh wouldn't it be fun to to share this and then i suppose i was you know watching what was already happening on youtube which was like lots of different let's let's play channels Mm. and um i would kind of go there after finishing a game that i really liked and i look up reactions of it to see what other people were doing were you inspired by anyone in particular in the let's play scene or was it kind of more your own you wanted to kind of go in in a blank canvas yeah no I definitely was inspired because I think uh, I probably had a bit of a different impression of what you would need to be like to do a let's play channel and um, so I was watching like um, Mars a lot of Mars's channel a lot of lightweight gaming at the time and I was thinking like god I love how they're they seem very authentic and mm-hmm. uh, kind of they get into the emotions of things and they um look at details and they talk about the story and they have a good time but they're 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 not like super hyped high energy and I kind of had the impression that like oh you have to be super entertaining Mm. to like start your own YouTube channel and do things like let's plays and I'm just a little bit more mellow like I'm a little bit more casual sure and like laid back and um so it was kind of really nice and refreshing to see these other channels that kind of took a different approach and and succeeded I suppose too right yeah, I was like, I like this. This mm-hmm. is kind of a nice kind of balance of like, you know, still being like kind of relaxed and still entertaining. And yeah. and I was like, OK, I can kind of see myself maybe doing that. And then it kind of all stemmed from there. So I was like exploring and watching a lot of YouTube already. And then I was like, you know what? It just seems like it would be fun. I yeah. kind of want to do it myself. Mm. And who cares if anyone like sees it or judges me or. And that's that's the know, best way to kind whatever. of start in a way, right? Because like, again, like Nisha was saying earlier, like about the podcast, you want you want to, the only way you can create something real, I guess, is create it because you want to do it. You mm-hmm. know, if you start from day one thinking, is this what someone's going to like? Or if this is what's going to get like an algorithm viewed, you know, you'll you'll never be really content in making that content. Content in making the content cunt 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 content. <laughs> That's some good content. content. <laughs> Hashtag content. <laughs> Hashtag content. <laughs> oh that that's uh, no. I I think it's uh, I I totally agree. I think it's a it's a great way to do it to get into it. You're you're looking at those channels and you're saying that looks cool. I I, I could kind of do that vibe and it looks like fun. And it's as Keith said, I think it's the right way. Well, for for me anyway, uh, the right way that I've approached cr- anything creative is doing it for the way I want to do it. And 
not for the way viewers will want to do it or listeners or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I think it's the, the good way to approach content creation. And have you ever thought about, so you do Let's Plays and you, you, have you, you have some kind of vloggy videos as well. Yeah, there's a couple. When you've reached, say, like a sub goal and stuff. So you're near, you're actually nearly at a thousand subscribers. Isn't that right? Can I yeah. just say it's been moving really yeah, quickly? Yeah, it has. It's really cool to see. Uh, yeah, lately it has been. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to do some sort of video for 1K. I don't yeah. know what I'm going to do Lick yet, Lick the teal Game Boy Colour. Just a short four <laughs> seconds done. <laughs> no it. context. Thanks, everybody. No yeah, yeah. Nobody asked for this. <laughs> I just do hashtag content underneath it. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay, sorted. Because I had no ideas for that. Time. I got you. <laughs> I'm an idea machine, you know. know. Like, do, have you ever thought of... I suppose the kind of the popular thing uh, amongst people who create content for video games is YouTube, streaming and podcasting. So they're kind of like the, the triforce of creative platforms for content. And Keith is a streamer and you are a YouTuber. They might seem like from, from someone who mightn't watch, they, they seem like the same thing, but they are totally fucking different. Mm-hmm. What is it that like, or have you ever considered a streaming, a live stream? Or do you prefer the, the like, because you can get so immersed into a video game that's, that is, say, emotional and you get to experience it to its fullest as opposed to, like Keith said, you're focusing on the chat and you're you're reading and you're looking over here and missing something in the game. Have you ever considered streaming uh, as a platform or what is it about the actual the YouTube side of it that, that drew you in? Uh, I know this question might seem a bit vague, but I'm basically saying, so you pick the the creative approach of, I'm going to sit down and play the game and experience it, and there's there's other aspects. Uh, have you ever considered these as creative outlets, or is YouTube just your preferred thing? Like, I'm very much, podcasting is what I love doing. I couldn't mm-hmm. stream. I've you were, sorry now, you were almost tempted to stream last night. Well, actually, it was. You, yeah, were, you yeah. literally posted, I knew, on, I you literally posted on your Instagram story, <laughs> I should I stream? I was so close, but I knew <laughs> yes. it would stress me out so much because I set up my camera that I've had for a year. I have this, like, it's it's a good camera uh, that my family bought me when my daughter was born to, you know, uh, to take pictures and create memories. And I, I do use it from time to time, but it's specifically a vlogging camera. It has a screen that flips up so you can see yourself. Mm-hmm. And I set it up last night and I was like delighted with myself and I had the room looking nice. And I was like, am I going to Twitch and try, try a stream? And then I went, no, do you know what? It's going to stress me out too much. I'm well, speaking mood. of stressed, it didn't get to work on Zencaster this <laughs> oh, yeah, morning. Oh yeah, I can't, I can't use it this morning. I'm using my fucking webcam oh. on my laptop. Sure, I'm using my shitty one as well. But uh, have you ever, yeah. have you considered Yeah, why, why, why the format of the format yeah, that you chose yeah, the yeah, format yeah. of the format you choose? Yeah. Um, well, for format, I was going to try and make that into a, the beginning of my sentence, but <laughs> I couldn't make it You were going to do what? For matter, I was going to try and make something like that. Never mind. Okay, Content. cut that bit out. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's staying so keep in. everything I said about murdering everyone in The Sims, but cut out that awkward joke that didn't go anywhere. Um so yeah so youtube so i have considered streaming and i will consider streaming uh, in the future at some point but um i suppose for the moment i'm i i think i think about streaming for me it's i would definitely struggle with my attention that is one thing that i i I would have to play a game that is a bit more uh what would you call it low key like something that you don't have to be like super focused on because i would struggle so much trying to Mm. do two things at once like that so talk to people in real life and and i'm sure like you know when you start off it's going to be you know 
there's not going to be many people watching at the beginning or whatever. But I still I think I would get really distracted doing that live. But um, I definitely would love to give it a go. So I would pick something a bit more low key, mm-hmm. some game that I wouldn't, you know, care too much if I'm like, you know, doing well, at, sure. doing well at or something that's mm-hmm. better for streaming or I don't know. I'd have to think about that. Um, and then the other thing about streaming, I suppose, is that I feel like you have to kind of be a bit more regular with your schedule. Yeah. Um, If you're going to start streaming, which I at the moment, I kind of just film willy nilly wherever I kind of feel like it. Right. Wherever it fits in. <laughs> willy nilly. I knew you'd like that. <laughs> I think willies. But it, 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 it is. I've always said that uh, one thing I admire hugely about Keith is his such his strict schedule and I think it's so important especially with streaming because people are relying on you if you're say if you're doing it five days a week people want want you there those five days and if you're just not there it's sometimes it can hinder people kind of to say developing that relationship with you as a as a streamer so it's yeah. one thing I've always admired with Keith is his thank you he's he's always on the ball with regards to his schedule and he sticks with schedule and he's on fucking line now obviously look real life happens and but for the most part and I I totally agree with you Emma that I feel like it's a huge aspect of streaming is being there and fucking being online when you say you're going to be online there's also the part too where no matter how you're feeling that day yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like if you're feeling like mm-hmm. making a video if you're not feeling like making a video there's that aspect too I think it's because it's like it, yeah. it's a huge yeah. aspect of it mm-hmm. it's why I said to you I could never stream because I am a very wear, I wear my heart on my sleeve and if I was mm-hmm. having a bad day I just I couldn't switch I couldn't do that switch into being an entertainer I'd just be like nope fuck this I, I'm not, I I'm not is, yeah. I akin it a little bit like going to the gym or something, you know, like there's days you really don't feel like going or something like that or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, whether it's a walk or, you know, whatever, you don't feel like getting out of fucking bed. Like, Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's one of those things that even if you don't feel like it, most of the part by the time you get up and make the effort to do it, you feel better Mm -hmm. anyway, you know, that kind of way. Mm -hmm. So it's like sometimes there is fighting, like obviously, you know, shit things could happen in the day, but sometimes it does actually now, sometimes, look, it can just be a fucking shit day all around and things don't work out. But I think, and obviously because as well with YouTube, you know, it, it's something that's recorded and it's there. People can watch it whenever they want. So they can, you know, they can get a fix of Once Upon a Quest and, you know, get kind of mm-hmm. comforted by your voice or your experiences. But I suppose kind of like a TV show, like, you know, if you want to see back in the day, the latest episode of Dragon Ball, if you're not there at half five, you miss it. And if you change it every day, people are going to be pissed off they miss part of it you know Mm -hmm. so yeah there is a consistency element all right 100 percent there is it's uh, i think it's a very it's something that people don't consider as much i think when they are trying to be like people who are streaming and want to take it seriously as maybe a job or something that they're trying to you know really grow i Mm. i genuinely feel like the consistency is a huge thing even um like we record we try to put out an episode of the podcast every two weeks and for the most part we do but we both have real lives and things can come in between that and there there is the odd time like the the other episode that we recorded full episode and it didn't it didn't record so we had to be a week late which is which is fine in the grand scheme of things but we have one episode every two weeks and it's cool and if we've ever missed an episode, I think it, people haven't heard a complaint so far because, you know, it's we're very casual about it all. But I think if you're doing something, say, five days a week 
and someone is like, right, you know, I'm fucking, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, if they come home from work and they're like, here we go, yeah. I got home early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's it's a bit like going to a concert and the concert doesn't happen, you know, in a way lesser, yeah. in a way lesser. No, but it's extent, it's like like you said, you're watching Dragon Ball Z and you're like, the latest episode of Dragon Ball Z is on today at five o'clock. I can't fucking wait. I'm home. You switch on the telly to watch Dragon Ball Z and you're like, it's not there. Mm. Where, where is it and there's that yeah, disappointment yeah. Mm-hmm. and if, if that's constantly happening but it's at the same token then like I hate the fact that when I stream we could have the funniest day in the world and it could have been the best stream and best content and no one can see it after and that it disappears like it happens in the moment so you know you could be mm-hmm. making this great content or you could mm-hmm. be on fire from a comedic point of view mm-hmm. where you know yours is permanent existence you know people can check it mm-hmm. out whenever as well so there's that aspect too yeah and there is a little bit there's a little bit of the you know oh, if I was to miss an episode to upload to YouTube like and that does happen from time to time mm-hmm. um you do feel kind of really bad about it because yeah there might be someone who's like waiting for that yeah episode sure. to come out yeah when it and, premieres yeah, it feels a bit shitty but like I I try and try I try and keep it mm-hmm. consistent as much as possible but it's yeah you can't be like 100% of course time. look at and um, I think what we what myself and Keith have done in the past is if there's an episode that's say if it's going to be late just throw it up on social media and just say look uh, like ahead of time so people will know that yeah. like bef- before not on the day oh yeah this isn't happening it's you throw it up a couple of days or whenever you can find out and I think then the the people in your your community are well for us anyway have been just been like yeah that's that's cool it'll, it'll be yeah, yeah they're like we just you you want their uh, look in fairness I think like in general even with streaming, like my community's all been like, oh yeah, look after yourself. It's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's, because you know, this, like you're talking to them all the time, they become like family, some of them, do you know? So, mm. um, but I do have a couple of quick fire questions for you that I would be interested in, if that's okay, Nisha, that I want to get a little handle on some of me? the YouTube aspects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me? I'm going to make it key show just for one second, oh, if that's okay. Yes. Wait, hold on, you're asking me <laughs> No, no, not asking you, sorry. Oh, yeah, that's I'm what I was Emma. like, you're asking me questions? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought we were asking Nisha. No, oh, no, 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 Emma, you're fucked now, it's you. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm I'm terrible at thinking on the spot. It's, okay. No, well they're they're, they're not quick fire, quick fire. What they are is just be a succession of questions they're going to throw at you. Okay, you okay. can take time. I watched your most recent episode and I watched your first episode, right? And I was doing a little comparison <laughs> of like you know yeah. how you know your style has changed or how your voice has changed or whatever. And I'm wondering how has making YouTube videos affected your confidence? My voice has gotten deeper. <laughs> oh, um, fuck. <laughs> what the hell? Why are my where's my pants gone? <laughs> you never had pants. <laughs> oh shit, really? It's just complete like sexy gaslighting. <laughs> okay, so to answer the quick fire question, mm-hmm. what was the question? Oh, confidence. That's a great question because I've noticed it in myself that my confidence has grown from doing this. Um yeah, the first uh, the first episode ever that I put up, um, I definitely can hear it in myself that I'm so self-conscious and I'm definitely very aware of what I'm doing and like everything I'm saying and I'm like, ooh, am I being... Mm-hmm. Harder to get immersed, I suppose, as well into what you're doing when you're so conscious of yeah, what you're putting out. Bit. Yeah, I think so because you're always kind of like thinking about it. But um, yeah, whereas now I'm definitely like, I've found my groove. I am definitely feel a lot more confident. Um, so I do think my voice did drop a couple of decibels because in that first episode I was like, oh, I hope everyone likes me. Yeah. <laughs> Are we okay? <laughs> Can I use your bathroom, please? Is that a conscious thing? Are you doing that to create a bit more of ambience, or is there a reason why you would have changed, or is it just well, a, you're getting more? I think the high pitch. I think the high pitch was the. Am I okay? 
like the, the nervousness. Yeah. Like, ah, right, yeah. right, right, right. It's right. a it's a unconscious thing that I guess it's like a people pleasing thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, in real life, I'm very actually I'm super self conscious person. I very I've actually very low self esteem. Uh, this is going to turn into a therapy session. I got you. Don't but, worry. No, That's but um, I'm trained to yeah, fuck people so up. I am, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a, a people pleaser, I suppose. Mm. And um, yeah, so kind of I can definitely hear it in myself uh, in that first episode compared to now where I'm I'm just like a little bit like. Doo, 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 doo. But um, yeah, so it's it's great to kind of feel a lot more confident. And then also just like getting used to recording myself and putting myself up on the Internet. Mm-hmm. And now now I'm like, OK, I have like 170 something videos on Deadly. my YouTube channel. It was super impressive. That's crazy. Yeah, That's yeah. so cool. Some portfolio. It's also mad. We're only like, we're only on episode 25. Like, yeah. <laughs> Not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to watch them all. That's an incredible <laughs> fucking library of stuff to have. Fair play to you. Yeah, but it's it's crazy to, for someone who's like super self-conscious and doesn't want anyone yeah. looking at them to do that to themselves. Like, mm. I did this to myself. That's what I want to ask. Has the confidence you've gained in making videos transpired anyway to maybe like a little bit of a better self-esteem or confidence in your day-to-day life? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's definitely like some, it's a definitely a big hurdle for me. It's something I struggle with daily. Mm-hmm. But um, I do think that it has made me a little bit more confident in myself, um, comfortable in even like my own voice. Yeah. That's something that you have to get used mm. to. And um, yeah, even that, like I, I'm just a bit more comfortable in what I sound like and like mm-hmm. what I look like, I think is always going to be a, kind of an issue. Like, you know, whoever is self-conscious about how they look is probably everybody. That's very interesting, but, um, actually. Yeah. yeah, I think it's helped a little bit because you kind of get used to sure. putting yourself out there. and Sure. Or if you do the thing where you mirror yourself in the camera and you're like, oh, dear God, did you ever, did you ever, <laughs> ever flip? So, you know, the way you always see yourself in a mirror image in a camera and yeah. you ever do like the rotation thing where you feel like you look like a different person. Oh, shit. Yeah, I've never and you're thought like, about that. And you realize that. That's how everyone sees yeah, you. Yeah, that's backwards. The, yeah, that's the, we always see ourselves in I'm, the wrong way around. Uh, if you uh, get me, I'm looking at myself. <laughs> Nisha, same question to you. How has uh, the podcast increased your or decreased your confidence as I have berated you over the last several months? Um, I again, like you said, your your voice. I'm very. Uh, I always thought I don't. I feel like I have a very shrill voice, and but I shrill. am totally comfortable with talking now. Like compared to the first episode, even if it's a, if it's a video thing or whatever, it has hugely helped because I'm the same. I'd be very. Uh, I'd can suffer from very low self esteem and you know not feel good about myself, be it my looks or whatever it is. So I'd be in in a similar state, but I feel like it has definitely helped my confidence because when I'm creating it's something like i fucking love making this podcast uh, as a creative outlet uh, it's been the most satisfying thing i've done um i think it's very funny that i was talking to a friend of mine uh, about the offspring are one of my favorite bands and they literally have a song called self-esteem and, and i listened to them like for about 15 years and it wasn't until about two or three years ago that i actually realized that the song is called self-esteem <laughs> this was you, what you, i was missing as a fucking kid throughout our throughout the majority of my life moment where you realize the meaning of something yeah, and you like wake it, up to it even more yeah but it totally has changed but then i feel like i'm i'm very good at 
pretending that I'm totally fucking cool with what's going on. And again, from being in a band, say, I gigged for years and years and played hundreds and hundreds of gigs. And you have great gigs, you have shit gigs, you know what I mean? You have terrible gigs and you can... And sometimes you only feel as good as the last thing you do. I think particularly in content creation, if you feel like you've had a bad video or a bad podcast or a bad stream, you kind of feel like that was your last taste in your mouth of what you've done, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've become very comfortable. I genuinely think, sorry to answer the question because I'm veering off the subject, is it has definitely improved my self-confidence and my self-esteem with regards to m- most aspects of where I was uh, feeling low about certain things because I feel like when you create something and you're you're genuinely confident with, like, I genuinely think we're creating something that's good and fun and I enjoy it and that that builds my self-esteem do you know what yeah, i mean yeah for sure um and i know with me and keith you like we might come across as very confident people even say for instance we we're doing like the live stream and all or the not the live stream the live podcast we did uh where we got to meet emma for the first time it's Hi. that's something that can be can be very difficult but i can just go up there and do it but then i can walk over and just stand in the corner and be like oh jesus christ you know yeah, yeah 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 and i think yeah. it's okay to be able to do both you know what yeah, I mean? you can be like a, an introverted extrovert you know what i mean yeah. you can yes. like all right i did yes. it and now i must retreat and <laughs> cocoon yeah. my energies back yeah yeah sorry oh, that was yeah. very um, long-winded answer there but no matter. it's that's, just that's, that's where that's where my brain went you know what i mean when you ask mm-hmm. the question so that's what it is yeah. <laughs> I, can I just interject and say yeah. I think it's wild that you're self-conscious about your voice for yeah. a podcast because I'm like I think you have a great voice Thanks. you've got such like a actually you said shrill I was like you have a deep voice yeah. oh really um, yeah and then one of my favourite things about the podcast and I think other listeners will agree with this is when it goes off the rails yeah. and <laughs> Keith breaks Nisha and we just get the hysterical <laughs> laugh and it's just like <laughs> chaos and I, I just love it I love it when the two of you just lose your shit it's, and it's just crazy it's the equivalent of Nisha just Laughed. saying all that and then I'm like yeah but like do you pull your dad's mickey at night like there has been actual laughing sessions where Keith will say something and I'm laughing so much that I've actually had to cut it down which I which I which I have argued I would like I would like to point out I've argued heavily against (laughs) 20 minutes of just non-stop just me laughing like me wheezing in the corner but that's That's nice to hear I appreciate you saying that that's very nice to hear keep it in um Keith, hold on. I'm going to flip it around and ask you. Oh, fuck, yeah. Streaming, ha- has it affected you in a creative outlet, uh, confidence-wise? Or yeah, yeah. is it something that you're just comfortable with? Like, in- No, like, I mean, it would have changed my life in terms of the fact that I find streaming a very therapeutic process. So I used to mm-hmm. go to therapy and I'd be like, I really struggle because I feel like I have certain like skills or talents and I can't use them anywhere. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, I feel like even if it's making a little bit of music or if I feel like it's kind of, you know, if there is entertainment skills or if it is holding a space or if it's communicating or articulating something and I feel like there's no job I can use it for, particularly in Ireland anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So I used to struggle with that a lot. And then when it came to streaming and I was starting off and I started off as a hobby as I think everything probably should start for you as a space to try and use some of that stuff. And I think um, getting to effectively use all those things that I knew I had but didn't know where to put them mm-hmm. was a very self-esteem-raising you know, type of thing, right? Because yeah. you know, if you're put in scenarios where you're bad at something all the time and you're told, do it over and over again, you're not, you know, and it's not your forte, like it's not great, you know what I mean? So being able to kind of 
use those things that I enjoyed using. I mean, to the point, obviously, where I would have to sit down and have chats with my parents and everything else say, look, I did 10 years of college and two master's degrees and I want to do streaming. <laughs> do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, that like to even have that confidence, sit down and say, this is what I'm going to try and do. And yeah. if it doesn't work out, that's fine. You mm-hmm. know, you take it day by day, month to month. Mm-hmm. But um, I think from that point of view, yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Finding something that I love so much that I realize enjoying what you're doing is so important to my mental health and happiness. Yeah that it, it outweighs so many other aspects of risks and everything else. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, you know, doing something that... Now, obviously, people have different... I say this all the time, have different responsibilities and different needs, and you don't always have the luxury to do the things you want to do, and I mm-hmm. get that. But it definitely has given me the bravery to try and step out and do what I want to do and take the risk of it. And thankfully, I think the knock-on effect of seeing how happy it makes me has made people actually understand it now. Even mm-hmm. if they don't really understand what the content creation is, they see the knock-on effect of me personally. And I think yeah. that solidifies its importance. Do you know? Yeah. Emma, <laughs> how do you pick your games, uh, first of all? And second of all, have you ever picked a game, started it, and said, fuck this, I'm not doing it for Let's Plays? That's interesting. Um, yes, that's happened once where I was going to record something for Let's Play and I was like, actually, no, I don't think so. And it was like, um, it was kind of a visual, is it called a visual novel mm-hmm. kind of a game? It was like a, what's it called? Um, point and click. It was a yeah, point and sure, click. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Like Monkey and Island or something. Yeah, I can't even remember what it was called. It was kind of like a, a mystery investigative kind of short kind of story. I yeah. can't even remember what the name of it is. But I was like, oh yeah, this could be cool for something different. Maybe I'll give this a go because mm-hmm. it's something that I kind of wanted to try and then I recorded an episode of it and I just found like maybe it was a little bit slow paced for me to try and find stuff to talk about mm. it and um, anyway in the end I stopped recording and I realised that I fucked up the audio so there was no game audio recording f- for the hour oh. and I was like yeah that's okay I don't think a, I'm going to do this, this was a sign. Um, it's maybe just a type of game that like I, I should just play on my own mm-hmm. and that's fine mm-hmm. you know so you kind of figure that out. But in general, how I pick my games is, first of all, something I really want to play. Um, Now I am kind of aware of like picking something that's not too long. Sure. Um, And then I suppose uh, as well, like a year and a half into this, now I'm kind of getting an idea of like what does well or what mm-hmm. people might want to see. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that as well. So it's still kind of figuring it out. But yeah, first and foremost, what I want to play, something that has a good story, um, something that's not going to be you know crazy to edit down and also something that's not going to make me rage because uh the ragey games are going to be off channel sure, i've heard sure, you sure. say in uh, various podcasts and maybe on your youtube that you are prone to rage <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i actually had that in my notes uh, prone to rage <laughs> oh no <laughs> Oh, One just because I think it's funny. I think it's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Just no, a it's... warning. He was telling me before you came in, he was <laughs> like, be really careful. She's very, very <laughs> ragey and angry all the time. <laughs> oh, I just She'll, think uh, it's funny because... like, Lock you in a house and set you on fire. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, at least you had an outlet for the rage, you know, burning the parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's funny because, you know, your style of playing is real chilled. And then to say that you're prone to rage, we haven't seen you, like, rage yet. Like, it's just a common thing no. with video games games though isn't it like fucking game yeah, it's, people, like, you know would you ever play a souls game you know would you want to do it to yourself yeah yeah i've been playing sekiro very slowly oh over the last God. year sekiro is that like the, the kind of I love japanese it, style I dark souls yeah it's that I, I found it the hardest out of all those games oh, yeah? for me personally but i think yeah. it depends um, it is 
it is very difficult, but it's very fun because it's all sword play and right. like that's what appealed to me. Yeah. Um, Dar- the other Dark Souls games I haven't tried. Mm-hmm. Um, like I haven't played Bloodborne or anything, but Sekiro I mm. got into and um, I've been playing that off channel and I haven't finished it yet. I've been playing it very, very slowly right. because I keep taking like month long breaks. Right from sure, it because yeah. it's just so intense yeah. and I get super high strung when I'm playing it even right. if I'm not raging yeah. I will just get super my focus is super on mm-hmm. and like you have to be so quick with the reactions like um, but yeah so that that game's never going to make it onto YouTube <laughs> because you would you would question who the fuck yeah. I am if you saw me in a real rage <laughs> I yeah. think I would like to meet the semi, you know. I think <laughs> what we'll do next time. Or just be a fucking teal Game Boy lodged in my anus. We'll bring a, <laughs> we'll bring a copy of something yeah. like that to maybe if we're at like Gamer Fest or something in the future mm. and play it. <laughs> I, so we can experience the, it. <laughs> oh, God. At the moment, is YouTube for you a hobby? Is it a part-time? What, or is it a full-time? You know, what? where would you like to see the channel go? Is it an outlet you like having? Would you love to do it full-time? Would you like to, you know, or however... I'm not sure how your balance of life is now with whatever you do, but I'm kind of curious to know, do you have places you'd like it to go or yeah it's a hobby definitely at the moment um whether that grows into something more um you know is yet to be seen Mm -hmm. like maybe it's not something that I set out to do at the beginning of course um but you know I'm not going to say no to any opportunities that might make it make a bit of make a bit of change like you know what I mean yeah Yeah. I mean I don't know it's a whole new world I suppose for me but um yeah the reason I started it was very much like an outlet a creative outlet something to focus on Mm -hmm. as well from week to week um but yeah but who knows the icing on the cake if you hit a thousand youtube is that when you can is that when you can start earning yeah that's actually yeah that is the threshold for uh, monetization so so we need to uh, um, we need to get you to a thousand right now what do you want right now (laughs) as of today 930 i think i fucking checked it the other day and it was like 918 like that's a fucking quick jump that's brilliant yeah the last like month and a half it's been going pretty quickly deadly that's great to see yeah it is so that's that's nice it's also a little bit scary it's like (gasps) yeah also interesting what do i do now the interesting do you feel like the the more increase in audience puts more pressure on the content creation a little yeah a little bit i think i think yeah, I'm kind of thinking already with the 1K, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to do something amazing for my 1K video. I have no ideas. And I'm like, I think I'm just going to do like a Q&A yeah, <laughs> and a just idea. leave it at that because yeah. I'm like, oh, don't do that to yourself. You started out at the beginning saying I'm not going to put pressure on, on myself. Mm-hmm. So like, don't start fucking it up now. Um, but yeah, I think there there is a little bit more pressure, I think, if you start to grow and people are starting to watch and not let that get more. into your head too much I suppose right you know yeah. try and keep because they're there for the reason of the authenticity yeah. of what you're doing anyway so it's just trying to keep it on track yeah try and so try and like try and keep the you know try and keep yourself kind of focused and grounded and try not to to let it get to you too much but I think um I think you can't help but be influenced by like oh uh, this is performing really sure, well all of a sudden. Course. so what should my next game be yeah, yeah, yeah. like should I capitalise on this 100%, and do something 100%. similar or mm. whatever and then you start to go oh god well yeah yeah. so it's a balance I think sure. you have to balance it yeah yeah because I mean it's the same if I do anything like you know whether it's small things like TikTok or Instagram I'm like oh this idea 
performed four times well than the other ones or you know whatever you're doing and then you're like you're like do i want to do another one though and if you know and it's, it is a hard balance like what's the end game of it um mm-hmm. yeah it's an it's yeah, like interesting what you said in your episode about content creation mm. you were talking about how like yeah everything can't be a winner and like yeah. you have to have the ups and the downs mm-hmm. like it's true nice nice I, reference i, I think you. actually you know what i just i just realized is that i said like it's only we only do it for for what we want to do but then we do also take into consideration if a certain episode has done really well you're like well we can just do like it was a fun episode to do we can just put in like a top 10 episode yeah we made Um, it a bit of a staple for seasons now that like if an episode does really well we'll try and do a similar vibe i guess it's also Mm -hmm. how i think learning so like we're like well if we have a top 10 it's there's an episode and we can have a fun fun with it depend we can just change the top 10 style but we can do another top 10 episode because people do seem to enjoy it Mm-hmm. I suppose there is mm-hmm. I just kind of realised that I might have contradicted myself saying that we only do it for us but then I suppose if you're trying to create something and you want it to grow like although me and Keith do this as a this podcast as a hobby anyway uh-huh. um, of course I want it to grow because I'm proud yeah. of it and I enjoy it and you will have to take into consideration what people want but start it I think if you I think Nisha you know if you're saying at least if you start it yeah, for yourself yeah, yeah. and all Actually, your yeah. original Mm-hmm. The embodiment and the mission statement of what it is is coming mm-hmm. from an organic, authentic place. True. Then if you find that certain one of your ideas that come out that are also from an organic place did better than other ideas, it's okay to go with that. But we haven't specifically looked at other podcasts and say, they did an episode on this, we're taking that because that's what we feel mm-hmm. did well. At least what we're learning from our own organic growth is from our own organic ideas and then we yes. can kind of capitalize yeah. on that a bit more, yeah. do you know? So good way of putting it, yeah. Very good. Oh, I meant to say, I love your outro bumpers, by the way. You have those little... Um, oh, thank you. They're very, very <laughs> cinematic like at the end of the... Uh, like you know the last was you're playing at the moment there's like little, little outro clips in them that I really really enjoy um, yeah I just pick like little clips from the episode that it makes like, it so fancy know, fun or good or whatever, yeah. <laughs> oh thank you it's just something so that you can put up the what do you call those links yeah that go the, on the little end. promotion card something things something for there yeah have you found that uh, making videos has gotten easier or harder over the course of time is there more work in it because you come up with new ideas or do you find you've refined what you kind of do well with it or is it ever changing I feel like I'm I feel like I haven't really changed up much about the format of what I've been doing mm-hmm. so that's kind of stayed the same I think what changes for me is it depends on the game big time so like recording length uh, very much changes from the type of game it is so I might record for like a twice as long recording like Resident Evil than I would record for uh, Uncharted. Okay. And so that's just making, you know, that's just really impacting the amount of time Mm. I set aside to record an episode and then and then I have to edit that down. So if I'm editing a two and a half hour video now down to a 50 minute episode, that's very different to recording something for an hour or 50 minutes and having a full episode ready to go mm-hmm. because it doesn't need much editing. Sure. Um. So I think that's what kind of changes the most for me because apart from that, the format that I do is similar. pretty similar. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I'm not doing highly edited stuff really. I'm, um, you know, still just doing the same kind of long form sure. videos. Um. But yeah, I think that it's probably... It must be interesting to be like, oh, geez, I can do a day and get like one episode of Resident Evil or I could get like 10 episodes of Uncharted or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of it's a nice relief to go back to like Uncharted and even The Last of Us too. like I might record for a little bit longer to cut it down because there's a little bit more like walking around and searching buildings and doing this kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. 
But when on, with Uncharted, it's nice to sit down and be like, I know I'm just going to get a full episode from pretty mm-hmm. much everything I record uh, because it's so, you know, it's linear and you're always, this, you're just moving forward. Yeah, you're going bang, uh, bang, 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 so bang. It's definitely nicer <laughs> change because Resident Evil, I loved that series. I loved the game. I had such a fun time doing it, but it was a challenge mm-hmm. because it was maybe recording for between two and two and a half hours to get one episode. Yeah. And then it was, um, it was kind of, you know, it was quite difficult at the beginning, especially. So you were kind of backtracking. There was a lot of backtracking and going through doors, a lot of loading screens going through doors mm-hmm. and um, dying a lot at the beginning. So that was definitely more challenging. I got a little bit stressed when I started Resident Evil because I was like, this game is so fucking hard. How am I going to do this? Mm. And actually, that was the first game that I thought, what if I Quiz. can't finish yeah, this? Yeah, what yeah. am I going to do? Oh, jeez, I never thought about that, actually. Yeah, like imagine doing half of a series and just getting to a point, like I, like imagine playing Sekiro as a Let's Play and you yeah. get to a boss yeah. where you're like, I actually just can't progress yeah, the game. <laughs> I never thought about that, actually, yeah. Because most yeah. modern games are generally like, I know like a lot of older games are just fucking brutal. Like, but most modern games, I feel like you can, you, you know, you can play it your way. If you want to put it on easy mode, you put, can put it on easy mode. Just play it whatever uh. way you want to enjoy it. Um, But I've yet to play a game. Actually, I did try Dark Souls and I was just like, what the fuck? Like I played Bloodborne and eventually <laughs> got through it. But I remember mm. playing Dark Souls and just being like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's rough. Speaking, speaking of, would you play a retro game and... Secondary question, would you ever do a let's play of a game you've already played? Yeah, yeah. Yes to both of those, I think. Um, retro, I mean Resident Evil. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. That was probably the oldest. Is that the oldest game I've played? GameCube, yeah. Well, that version anyway, um, right? You played the, you didn't play the PS1 one. It was the remaster one, right? Yeah, it was the 2001. remake Yeah. that came out in 2000 and, or I don't definitely the one that first came out in the GameCube, yeah. Yeah, so definitely would be. Yeah, I think I really enjoy that because older games, they they are different, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's something there's something about. Yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun with that playthrough, so I would definitely play some more older games, um, for sure. And then what was the other question you asked me? Uh, would you play a game that you've already played? Oh yeah, so um, I wasn't going to. Um, but then I played Shadow of the Colossus and then I played Eco and people were telling me to play Eco in the comments because that was also by the same developers and it was, you know, in the same kind of mm-hmm. universe. universe loosely. Well, there's a lot of like speculation about is it, isn't it, whatever. But um, some people say it's like a prequel of Shadow of the Colossus. Some people argue it's not, but it's kind of in that vein. So I was like, oh, I'll play this game. And that was an older game. And then The Last Guardian is also kind of within that sphere. And I've played that before. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, if the people are interested in Shadow of the Colossus and they're interested in Eco, maybe I'll play The Last Guardian on sure. YouTube. But that, w- that wouldn't be my first time playing it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that would be definitely different. Mm-hmm. And I'd have to figure out, what would I talk about? Sure, sure. If I know it all already. Y- you might find playing a game that you've already played that you discover a totally different style that you enjoy in it creatively, like for YouTube. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're playing a game, you might be a bit more... Like you'll be coming at it from a totally different angle because you know the game and you've played the game. So playing The Last Guardian, you know, it might be just a totally different vibe for you and you might be like, this is fucking cool. I might try more mm-hmm. or, you know, it totally depends. So, Or you might find that, that you talk cool. about the memories around when you played yeah. it the first time. Do yeah. you know what I mean? There might be some yeah. kind of more personal insights into you as a person as you're playing. No, it depends mm-hmm. on how comfortable you are with that kind of stuff. But, yeah. you know, that could be interesting as well with it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's something I would definitely consider doing. If people were interested in it, mm. I could see myself playing through that game again. Uh, I have a question from like a kind of a, a brand kind of 
thing so say for instance like when we met you at Gamerfest, um which was great i think it's cool going to different events you know when you can meet up with other people and i know you're at dublin comic-con you you did a panel there like how do you feel when you're going to events like this like do you just go as a regular punter or like how do you feel about promoting once upon a quest as a brand you know like you know people come up with merch and stuff do you want how do you feel about it as a brand like that transition to okay i'm just making a youtube video too i have once upon a quest the as... company limited yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i know <laughs> yeah, that yeah Jesus. but like that's kind of like what what are your thoughts on that that side of things or do you prefer to just keep it i'm just playing and this is the name or do you want to have it as a brand and how do you feel when you go to the likes of gamer fest and or dublin comic-con yeah, and like the promoting of it other people yeah how do you feel about that promoting side of things yeah i guess it's something i'm still thinking about okay i, I suppose i haven't I don't really know how I feel, to be honest, because um, I'm kind of at the early stages of that. Like, so mm-hmm. for Dublin Comic Con, um, I was kind of invited up to go and, and talk about making a YouTube channel in a small panel mm-hmm. kind of type situation. And that was the first time, like, I, I was like, I've never done something like this before. This is terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. who am I? I'm a nobody. Um, but, you know, I did syndrome. it and got out of my comfort zone and, you know, that was kind of my first experience of doing something like that. And then uh, and then Gamerfest I wanted to go to. I went up with a few friends and mm-hmm. just had a good time. But also it was nice to meet fellow Irish creators that mm-hmm. I had been talking to, like yourselves, and following online and stuff. So that was kind of a nice experience to go and like, oh, I'm going to meet people that I've been like following online for the last year or so mm-hmm. um, in real life. And that was really fun to do as well. So I kind of had, you know, that was kind of networking, but it was very casual, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Like, um and authentic you know it was like oh here's people i'm really interested to and i talk to online i i want to meet them yeah so thinking about promoting myself as a brand i can't say i've to know i haven't decided anything about it yet but um, probably decide itself as just time moves on you know what i mean what you Mm -hmm. feels right for it and how the channel grows etc yeah like if opportunities come up in the future like i'm gonna take them seriously i'm not gonna you know say no to everything from the get-go and i have a tendency to be a little bit uh scared sure <laughs> apprehensive about yeah. you know I'm I'm a bit like no nobody look at me I'm not here yeah. and so Homer going yeah. into the bushes <laughs> yeah a little bit like that so yeah. I, I think I'll just have to figure that out as it goes on yeah. but at the moment I'm just kind of carrying on just cool. doing this for funsies yeah. no I'm just I, I only ask because I, I I find it interesting the, the transition from starting to make something and you you know you're just you're in your house and you're you're playing and you're putting stuff online but then when you go into a scenario when there's loads of creators and people might want to talk about it and some people are cool talking and promoting and some people just want to be chilled about it and it's just it was just uh i'm just personally interested in what people's approaches to is it a brand or is it just you or you know is it just a name do you know what i mean but yeah i just that was just um something from my own point of view that i'm always interested to ask other creators what what are their approaches mm-hmm. to it and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah I suppose, yeah I suppose it's kind of like in the kind of the limbo land at the moment in terms of like you know you're kind of happy where it is and then it's just kind of see where it goes and see how you feel about it as time progresses i suppose yeah i think so i don't know like i don't know it's hard for me to kind of talk about it because i don't have any yeah that's, that's opportunities or anything like that like i don't have any mm. monetization or mm-hmm. sponsorship like on the horizon or anything like that you know what i mean so oh my god your first t-shirt has to be you licking the teal game boy just on it just on the front <laughs> of it it's gonna be perfect 
Great. Another great idea. That's, That's cool. Brandon is is just like a little teal. With a little boy, tongue on the side of it and schlab on it and like fucking slurpy good times. Or just like people trapped in the Sims. Or just a swimming pool with no ladder. And just say no way just say no way out. No way out once a quest underneath it. That's fucking slick. <laughs> no way out yeah oh god god I sound so dark. Up, lads. we're getting into the two hour mark with it yeah. I do have I do have one that we have to ask a question Nisha being a nostalgia yeah, for, retro gaming for, yeah. podcast and you know having your experience from mm-hmm. your Sega Mega all the way up to your PS5 and I won't I won't limit you to retro right but I'm going to need to put you on the spot and ask you a goddamn hard question your top five video or retro video games that come to your mind when you say it I won't force you to order them, but I will need five. Okay, uh, retro. Okay, I'm just the first things that come to mind. Mm-hmm. Pokemon, brilliant. GTA, Spyro. Which GTA? Sorry, now you're gonna have to tell me. Like the first one. Oh, the PS1 GTA one. GTA one. Like the top down. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, cool. Very. I'm cool. just gonna say that one because nice. I I did I didn't get into like GTA three when it went into like um, uh, 3D or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So my memories of GTA are all the top down ones. Deadly. Um. What did I say there? Um, Pokemon. Um, um, Age of Empires. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> Echo, Echo the Dolphin. I can't think of it. Doesn't have to be retro. It doesn't Echo have to be dolphin. retro. Could be any any video game you want. Jesus. Um, it's, isn't it mad how it's difficult? Like you just said, you have a hundred and something videos, and then when uh, you get asked a question like this, oh, I'm just like, we've been making fuck. Emma sweat for like two hours fuck. straight, though. Now, do you know what I mean? We've been fucking <laughs> yeah. putting it on in there. You know what I mean? We've been fucking slapping two phone in the farmer's market. Like we've been pulling the testes <laughs> off this poor young lady. Like, um, uh, that's not okay. That was just like the first five that came to mind as well. Cool. By the way, so like, okay. that's not my yeah. ranked. Ah, that's yeah, that's. Okay. I'd have to think long and hard if I was going to rank. No, that was your that was your unconscious unfiltered games that popped to mind to just get a flavor of you you know to finish off give a round of applause it's a flavor I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. Very, like, well very done have a taste um, so we'll have all links in uh, the description of the video but it's on YouTube at once fucking subscribe quest. you scrubs yeah so <laughs> Emma is nearly at a thousand subscribers which is fucking amazing and congratulations and having all that con- having all those let's plays online and to have created 127 did you say videos I have 170 something 170 something 170 something that is that's that's a serious amount of work like now that is that's an impressive amount of work to have and an impressive library and category of stuff to have so fair play to you thank you just uh thanks very much for agreeing to come on the podcast it was great yeah it was really really lovely talking to you it was it was really nice was your experience everything you've dreamed of and more Oh my god, that intro is just You'll be I'm having a couple of dual you'll be having a couple of dual shocks in bed tonight, I'd say. Buys <laughs> <laughs> second controller. <laughs> but yeah, thanks. I never million. thought about that. Uh, it's it's uh you you're the second guest we've had on and we've had a lot of fun. It's really, really cool. It's kinda new new for us as well, having because me and Keith are used to talking bollocks to ourselves for an amount of time so it's uh, I've really enjoyed having the, the other aspect of somebody else and it's great to I love seeing other Irish creators doing really well and making content that I think is fucking brilliant and I really I do genuinely enjoy watching your videos 
uh, and your Thank YouTube you. and it's been oh, that makes me so happy. a pleasure to have you on the podcast so thanks very much Go, Go follow Once Upon a Quest the, the ultimate let's player in the field right now from your Green Falls to your Vampires The Last of Us Part 2 Do we have any games coming up soon? Are they secret? Do we know what's happening next oh, on the yeah, channel? Yeah, yeah, yeah what, what can people expect? Or is it a secret? Actually don't even know yet but oh, right. um, def- definitely more Resident Evil so cool. I want to play the Resident Evil 2 but it'll be the modern game the remake oh yeah uh, at some point uh, Uncharted 4 will definitely be on the horizon cool um, uh, apart from that I don't know I have a, lo- I have a list I have a list of games so mm. I haven't decided anything solidly yet yeah and yeah. and actually what's so do you do you have a, a solid schedule or do you upload videos whenever you get the chance to make them uh, just for, for people listening who check out your YouTube yeah so I try and upload every Thursday and Sunday and so usually I have two videos every week. Occasionally, mm-hmm. I might drop it down to one video, depending on if I'm super busy in yep. real life. Um, well, this is real life too, though, isn't it? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Am I an Echo the Dolphin right now? <laughs> this was all a dream. But yeah, I try and have two videos every week, cool. Thursdays and Sundays. At the moment, I'm having it being one game is on a Thursday and one game is on a Sunday good. which is new because before I used to have two episodes of the same game right. going on mm-hmm. to kind of get through it but um, that's that's kind of the schedule at the moment yes nice. go follow 1000 subscribers I want to see it I want to yeah. see it now yeah. I want to see it hot yeah. uh, once upon a quest Emma thank you so much for joining thank us you. today yeah thank you guys so much for having me I was I had a great time and I was actually a little bit nervous because I was like oh I hope I'm funny enough and stuff it's like this a, but you made me feel very at home and cool. we had a good time so Thank you so much. Thank you, Slay. Cream your dreams and always, 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 always bring two dual shots into bed. Teal Game Boy, wrap it around, legs spread like an eagle, like scissors up in the sky, ready to squirt that dirt too for one of the farmers' market. Emma, I tell you, the velocity of your viscosity knows no bound. And I tell you, two for one, right? Two for one. We'll chat to you all later, guys. Bye. 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 Oh, fucking hell.